my uh, um, call recorder thing wanted to update as well. Like, are we using the same one? Is it Amalto? I think so. Ah, uh, you see, it wanted to update as well. I said no. Say no, no, no. I think I'm updating. No. Not this evening, baby. Not oh. this evening. Not today. Not can, today. Remind me later, brother. <laughs> it yep. is what it is. Is what it is. This is what we call here the dirt sheet. <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. that's the beginning of the podcast. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> what me doing some kind of crap impression? Yeah, the pre-music bit. That's it. Job done. The pre-music bit. Yeah. Oh, is, that, is that the official term? Pre-music yeah. bit. Don't, right, don't okay. make me get technical on you, Cameron. Oh, don't get technical on me, man. I'm gonna get technical oh. on your ass. <laughs> get technical on your ears. Told you, uh, it is what it is, is what it is. Tell me if you uh, agree with that tomorrow night on Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Look at the deep cut. The deep cut for a callback there. There we go. Oh, my. Are we starting to call back to our previous episode? Yeah. Right? Nice. <laughs> no one will get it. Uh, no, no, probably not. No, Maybe not Derek really. is the only person who listens, I think. And Kev. Derek and Kev. They'll get it. Derek, Derek and Kev are like the core <laughs> of, of our fan base. <laughs> of our kind of limited... There's might... a couple of people. I think I, I'm a member of a, a Carlisle wrestling board on Facebook, and a Obviously. couple of folk listeners as well. Wow! Hello, so I think. Shout out to Carlisle. <laughs> Shout out to Carlisle. Up the Lyle. I know that sounds like a medical complaint, but that's up the um, Lyle. That sounds really bad. Yeah, I'm afraid you've. I'm afraid so. You've gone up the Lyle and um... <laughs> up the Tatum Lyle. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Hey, that's even worse. There we go. I'm just getting the card up for uh, the Takeover Dallas show because I can't remember it. <laughs> We're going to talk about a podcast. Yeah. Oh, but I remember, sure I remember looking and kind of going, it's amazing. <laughs> well, it's good that we're doing um, this. Really. Primetime Conquistables. You can, Prime you, can, Conquistables. You, can lead, you can lead there. You can lead there. You can do the proper introduction hosting and stuff then. What, like... What, is it just, I, I'm not doing the whole kind of like you know. Welcome to the Conquistador. No, I don't, I don't think we. That's I, yours. I think we'll only have that on the main show. I think on the on the this one we won't have it. Oh, we're not going. Yeah, true. I suppose. Cause Keep it, it separate. Keep it separate. I want this to be sort of a little kind of um, separate thing. Yeah. Really. You know, it's. I would. I would. I don't, I'm hesitant to use the word stopgap because it makes it sound like <laughs> this, this, is, this is crap. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a bit of a stopgap. It's a temporary measure. No, it's uh, it's like an extra uh, string to the bow. That'll do. The conquista bow. The conquista. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. See, now I'm going to have to keep this bit in because that's gold. That's gold. That is good. Yeah, you, basically it's live production notes again. Yeah, it's gold, um, that is. Which proves beyond all doubt that you and I have organised this to within an inch of its life. We have. Basically... <laughs> Uh, we just say no, this is it now. We're just going. We're going now. Screw it. I'm just going to call it. We're going. Uh, we were like, oh, wait, right, yeah. 
we're going to record on this date. We're going to try to record this date. And then it was like, we can't record on this date. And then we were like, it's been a while since we put something out. Yeah. <laughs> been a little while. And then we kind of thought we could probably record or this Saturday. Yeah. And we're going to do the Halloween Havoc 96 one because that one's next. Next. Uh, again, I'm sorry, but we'll get to that on the actual podcast. Yeah. And then um, Ewan couldn't make it. And then Alan could make it, but he does go round to a mate's house on a Saturday night and it does involve him sitting upstairs with his iPad being a bit antisocial for an hour and a half, two hours. Which he... That does sound a little bit saucy, though. Well... Like, people would pay for that kind of treatment, you know what I'm saying? What, to have Al come round your house and sneak upstairs with an yeah, iPad? Yeah, you know, I think people have got those kind of proclivities. You'd have to ask Andy about that, I think, really. <laughs> Um, shout out to Al sneaking up the stairs in Andy's house. <laughs> um, but there you go. Um, and so yeah, uh, so we we um, because me and Phil of the four conquistadors, me and Phil are the only ones with kids, so we don't go out on Saturday nights. We don't um, do it. No, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So we we decided we'd record something a little bit different. Um, not like a full conquistadors episode because obviously it's not the full crew. No, but just a little kind of you know string to the bow conquista bow conquista the conquista bow i mean this time we, we, we're doing like a little pay-per-view thing but yeah. i think we talked about maybe having kind of spoken worthy kind of stuff yeah like you know maybe some of the articles that have gone up on the tumblr we might do those as like a little little production piece might do those yes something yes. go up maybe i don't know if al can get his best friend paul london on the podcast maybe there'll be an interview oh god you can only imagine that five hours of just funny. talking about that it's rumble elimination. Yeah, yeah, for five hours. It's all Gene Snitsky's fault. All Gene Snitsky's fault. We know this because he told Al and they're best friends. Yeah, he did. So that's why apparently, this is... Apparently, genuinely, Paul London... Al rates Paul London as one of the nicest guys he's ever met in wrestling. But how, how many people has he met in wrestling, though? He, well, he's met a couple of them because... I suppose the, it's the Million Dollar Man, I suppose. Yeah, we, we everyone knows that church story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Lighthouse Church in Dumfries, by the way. Woo! Uh, woo um and um yeah we went there one night and um basically got uh praised the lord with the million dollar man it was yeah, that's, um that's, that's, that's awesome it was an intriguing experience yeah. that's all i'll say um but there you go um yeah and he's met a few of the wrestling guys coming through for uh, like target wrestling in carlisle yeah and uh one of them was uh paul london who um, talked to Al for a good half hour, 45 minutes of just... Right. He kept going away, apparently, to have photographs taken with the kids. Obviously. and then Hopefully, Al, like, the kids knew about it and it was, like, arranged. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah, just yeah. a... Yeah, it was a pre-arranged thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it was £10 a pop. Wow. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, but Al was always thinking, apparently, that's like, well, that's it now. He's going to disappear off in the, you know, in the night and do his own thing. But he kept coming back. With the besties. Yeah, and talking to Al, sitting down again with a beer and kind of going, well, yeah, where were we? Right, so this, 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 this. Oh, I've got to go and take another photograph. Give me a couple of minutes. You disappear. Oh, wow. Come back with another beer. There you go. Right, anyway, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's kind of stuff. And apparently, Al rates Paul London as one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Wow. Yeah, because of that, really. Oh, bless him. Um, yeah, the uh, Target Wrestling had uh, Tommy Dreamer last month. I've That's never met any wrestlers. There's a show, I think, in Gloucester soon. Uh, I think it's Pro Evolution Wrestling. Aye. Because I don't see anybody in the card, though. Which is this pro revolution? Uh, pro e pro evolution, I think it's called. Pro evolution, I think so. I'm, I only saw the poster in passing. That's, um, that's pro evolution soccer, isn't it? I, that's what. That's exactly my issue with it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, I had the cancel show last year. I could have met Nakamura, but didn't because no. it got cancelled. And now I'll never meet him because no chance now. He's on NXT. He's on NXT. Yep. 
which I, I know I normally do like a, like things that have happened since the last time we recorded, but I'll save that for the main the main show. But we've got to mention Nakamura leaving and coming to the WWE. Especially with the theme of what we're going to talk about in this episode, yeah, it would. It was. I think it was probably one of the worst kept secrets in wrestling history. <laughs> what in that? As soon as they, as soon as he kind of said, "I want to go," it was broke on every single website in like the world. Pretty much. Well, there's only really. I mean, logically, if you're going to leave New Japan, where are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not. You know, all all credit bless them to TNA. <laughs> I really don't think it's, it's not. It's not going to happen, is it? It's not, not going to happen. happen. And I know no. a lot of people who would, you know, argue the bit with me about that one and say, "Oh no, well, it, it would," because no, no, Shinsuke Nakamura was never going to be turned out for TNA. No, um, so it was always going to be the WWE. Yeah. And obviously, AJ Styles, as we know, debuted in the Royal Rumble, um, and they've. And then Doc Gallows and Carl uh, Anderson are still to appear. Yeah, they've uh, had their final show, they? they did their kind of bow in the ring, which was a nice, nice little moment by looks of things. Yeah. Um, and they also Shinzuki Nakamura uh, quit New Japan and had one last uh, couple of bookings to do and then has now joined NXT. I love that video of him arriving in, in the Performance Centre. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. And even like, I was like, they're kind of going, I, I love his suit. It's a it's fantastic like that kind of like it's not it's kind of like like a white tartan suit or something isn't it? It's, it's like, like it's a proper tweed. Yeah, I think he's got a proper tweed He'd thing. Go for it. it, and he like sees Vince. Yeah, and I, I look. Yeah, Vince shaking his hand, going, "Welcome aboard." I'm pretty sure Vince is also going, "Whoever you are." <laughs> well, but Vince is clearly gone. Well, you're stood next to uh, uh, Funaki, so that must make you Takamishinoku. <laughs> yeah, well, back again. Have you Heavyweight champion? How you doing, pal? <laughs> How are you doing? Indeed. <laughs> yeah, oh, great bit. Yeah. We'll do that that's again my, soon. That's my biggest dread for Nakamura, really. <laughs> I'm can't, really hoping. That, and I think we'll we'll get to this in the discussion later on for what we're going to talk about, because it's that the, the biggest difference, I think, between NXT and the WWE main roster is there seems to be an attitude in NXT that if you're a good wrestler, it doesn't matter where you come from. You're just a good wrestler. You're just a good wrestler, yeah. right? I'm still thinking if, say, Fergal DeVitt slash Finn Balor had appeared 10 years ago and he was in the main roster, he probably would have been given Hornswoggle. He'd be cool like Fergal O'Blimey, wouldn't he, or something? Fergal, yeah, he would, yeah, he would have been something like that. And it would have been, you know, and here is your Intercontinental Champion, Fergal DeVitt, or, you know, Finn Balor. <laughs> Fergal DeVitt, that's what it would have been. And it would have, been, and he would have had like a finishing, and his finishing move would have been called the four leaf clover, <laughs> and that would have been it. And it just would have been, oh, he's Irish then. Um, but That's you know, how it's it, done. It's not really any apart from all the obvious kind of introductions, you know, from Bray County Wicklow, Ireland. Finn Balor isn't really referred to as Irish anything. They kind of mention his name is like an Irish, like yeah. ancient thing, isn't it? Which is kind yeah. of vague, but it's not like. 
No. Well, I didn't really watch it like Fit Finley was wrestling, but he's Irish, isn't he? Oh, he's well, yeah, Finley's well, Dave Finley's well Irish. Yeah, so, I mean, did they kind of, like, hammer that message home? Yes, he had a four, uh, like a clover on his on his wrestling uh, Well, there attire. you go, there you go. And he had the chalet, um, which is, like, basically a stick. With a stick, yeah. To book with. Um, yeah, this would have been, like, what, circa 2003, 2004 time? Would have thought so, yeah. On SmackDown. Um, yeah, he was, he was properly put across his Irish. And then, of course, he gained Hornswoggle. Yeah, so we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver in London, aren't we? We are, yeah, in a completely kind of like backwards thing of it's a retro wrestling podcast, normally. Well, no, this is this is the primetime conquistadors. So it's like primetime. Ah, oh, I see. Like, I see. Prime, prime is like new, isn't it? So Yeah, we yeah, can yeah. Do well, that. it's newish. Yeah. It was December last year. That's so. a year ago. That's retro these days, isn't it? You go so quick. Yeah, time goes so quick that so you know, quick. two and a bit months is fine. Exactly. You know, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. good. Uh, but yeah, it was the uh, the NXT Takeover show from um, the Wembley Arena in London, obviously. Yeah, and I came this close to going, but it was on the wrong day, and I couldn't go. Were you going to go? I was going to get. I was going to have tickets for this. So I was going to go. I planned all at the hotel and everything because it's it's just by Wembley Stadium, isn't it? This arena. It is right. It's right. As, yeah. as you see at some points in this broadcast, you see it's right next to Wembley. It's right next to it. And there's like hotels around there. I had it all planned, but it was on a Wednesday, which was Ethan's last day of school, and I couldn't make it. The tra- the travel work just couldn't do it. Uh, couldn't do it. Yeah. <sighs> Damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. But, but because it was in London, it was on like normal time on the WWE Network, which is always nice. We open with the stadium in, or the arena rather, in darkness, and the lights go up. And lo and behold, if it's not old Triple H, oh, the in the middle of the ring as the spotlight goes on him. Sunday night, I got my ass kicked. It isn't the first time, and it sure as hell won't be the last time. But I'd have had him been dead if you didn't think I was coming here to be with you tonight. You wanted it, so you got it. This is your brand, and now is your time. So London, England, scream with me, because we are NXT. Because this is good Triple H, isn't it? This is good, nice yeah, NXT is, Triple H. This is, this is NXT, head of NXT, I, I give this to you. Um, so not like mean, anyone... not not the naughty man Triple H. This is the nice Triple H. No, no, no. This is not the cerebral assassin. This is the office worker. Yeah, um, in the back office. 
Um, and there's a lot of talk about how, you know, this is your brand because we are NXT. Mm. Now, if, if this is your brand, like the fans' brand, what does that make Raw and SmackDown? <laughs> Would be my biggest question. I, I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. You know, he's, you know it, he's, it has a certain energy to it, NXT, at the moment, and it's going really well. It's the cool thing. It's like, it's what Raw was in the kind of late 90s. It's the cool thing. It's the cool I thing. I think NXT is turning into rapidly like the wrestling fans WWE brand. Yeah, I think that's you can probably take that from the crowd and they kind yeah. of the invoking of the ECW arena kind of feeling. Yeah, there's there's that kind of close knit feeling between the wrestlers and the fans. Yeah, but there's also that idea that you know it it's the difference I think between sports entertainment and wrestling yeah and there is a big difference you know as much as vince and those people around him and all the vince crew that he's been doing for years will emphasize that you know it's not just about wrestling it's about you know uh you know the comedy sections and the performances and all this kind of the 20 stuff. minute promos and yeah everything which else. is great but i think there's still room and nxt shows this and this crowd tonight will show this there's still room for a fundamentally wrestling-based yeah. show to be successful. The thing is, like, even the you know, Raw SmackDown, the pay-per-views, WrestleMania, and all that, it always comes down to two guys in a ring. Yeah, like, when you boil everything down and kind of get rid of all the extraneous, that's two that's, guys or two teams or, or two, two teams, women, whatever. Indeed. It's um, just two wrestlers in a ring or four wrestlers in a ring. It's wrestlers in a ring of of, yeah, of, a, of a, a indeterminate number. Always, yeah, exactly, and that's what it always should boil down. Yeah. To. So if you don't get that right, then the kind of show itself doesn't really work. No. And if that's not books right, then it kind of hurts the product, which is I think what's been affecting. I think you know when we get to um, can't I've got the space to talk about the booking of the Royal Rumble or anything like that. But no, which, no, no. Well, we could. I, we'll, I, I, a quick example I would give is on Fastlane. Which has recently just been. Yeah, involved. sorry, the Fastlane I meant Fastlane around the Rumble. Do apologize. Yeah, Fastlane. Ah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pick any pay per view, WB main roster pay per view. Yeah. Fastlane had a 20 minute segment, it felt like 20 minutes anyway, it might be a little bit less, of pay per view time dedicated to Edge and Christian doing the, um, the chat show thing they did. I can't remember what they call it. Uh, Edge show. and Christian show of awesomeness. Yeah, it, it was basically to promote the Edge and Christian show that took the reeks of awesomeness, yeah. which is not that great, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, like, they had New Day come down. The New Day slagged off Edge and Christian a bit. Edge and Christian slagged off New Day a bit. And then the League of Nations come down. They get in the ring. And then Edge and Christian and the New Day leave and seem to suddenly be friends again by, like, slagging off the League of Nations. And it went absolutely nowhere. Hmm. It didn't lead to any matches. And they kind of, like, get... Didn't it kind of hint at like a uh, face turn by uh, the New Day, which seems completely wrong because they're just the best heels they've got. No, the they, they, no, the New Day should be heels. Yeah, <laughs> without doubt, the New Day should. be And heels. you had like the two out of uh, the two out of three falls match was on the pre-show instead of this. Yeah, and then that's what I don't. They've obviously it's it's the way that they gave twenty minutes of uh, for nothing. Yeah, for, but for the entertainment part of it. Oh, because it'll be really funny because it'll have Edging Christian again. No, it wasn't. And it didn't go anywhere. Well, I think it was like, just to promote another bit of the show, and it was, just, it was horrible. Just to um, maybe call ahead or something, I'm not sure. But the um, if they hadn't called out 
uh, like New Day, New Day come out, if Enzo and Big Cat come out, then that yeah. probably would have been good. That would have been like, yeah, you know. But bringing out the League of uh, League of Nations doesn't really make any sense because no, then you've got any sense. two heel teams. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the the point being to get back on track is that um, yeah, you don't get there's no fat on an NXT show. It would seem mm. you know it's all well, just because to, they've only got an hour. You know the the normal show is like an hour. This pay is what two hours. Two hours. That's it. Yeah, it's a two hour show. So, um, and what rules? Uh, three hours, pay per views, three, three and a half hours. hours. Smackdown's two hours still. Um, so, yeah, all of this stuff. NXT doesn't seem burdened by having to promote something else. No, it's just worrying about its actual show worrying itself, isn't it? An actual show, an actual wrestling match. And they're able to, and that's, I think there's a big, big difference mm. there. Um, Motorhead Ace of Spades plays over the intro but this was actually before lemmy died yeah pre wasn't it well about a week or about two, two weeks, weeks. Well, yeah it was just after christmas um lemmy died um so obviously they have you know it's basically to promote their new album uh bad magic yeah uh, but that was it also quite interesting at the start as well there's a video package which is about two to three minutes long and it details every single match now i know there's only about five matches but it does do a very good job of running down the entire card yeah, and basically saying, well, this happened, this happened, this is the first match, this happened, this happened, this is your second match, blah, 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 blah. It bats through it, and by the end of that video, you're like, yeah, right, let's, let's fucking go. It, it, show, it shows like each match has got some beef to it. Like, the, yeah. The, the, it shows where the beef is in each match. It's not just like guys kind of thrown together, which I think is, again, back on the main show, That's they kind of throw things like within a week or two before a pay-per-view, like, right, there are like Ziggler and... Kevin exactly. Owens, let yeah, go. Kevin Owens again for the IC title. Yeah, there you go. Great. But here, there's like actual beef. No, there's beef yeah, there's for them. stuff that has been built up over time. Yeah. Um, I mean, compare that to like the opening video of the Royal Rumble when it was just purely two, three minutes based on Roman Reigns. Yeah. And it promoted one match on a card. Makes no that sense. That's it. Your main event, your main event only. Yeah. yeah, the rest is just filler. Just filler. There you go. But anyway. Um, we digress. We'll probably do a lot of comparing NXT. Well, it, it's only natural because I think you know you look at this roster thinking, right, these people are going to move up at some point onto the main, you know, the main yeah. roster. Are they going to get lost in the shuffle, which has happened with some people? Like somebody in the first match, you know, went it's, up to the main roster, was lost in the shuffle, and then had to come back in order to kind of get to the next stage, to go back to the like a high point of a career again. Are you referring to Emma? I am. The first match being Asuka versus Emma. Uh, Emma was like, was it with Paige back when NXT first started? Yeah, and then yeah, went to Raw, didn't do anything, kind of stole a phone, but didn't. Bugger all. Oh, yeah, she kind of... Kind of got sacked, but didn't. Store ...without paying for something. Yeah. Um, which is technically stealing. Yeah, um, technically, but, you know. Yeah, but she she meant to pay for it, but she just... Well, it's another off. country, it's fine, it's in Australia. I mean, they're a country of thieves. Well, <laughs> 
you know, that's what they, you know, if you're going to base the whole place on that, then yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, Australians, but I'm just. Sorry, just, Australians. Historical if, fact, that's what I'm saying, you know. If we have any Australian listeners, we really don't. <laughs> Probably don't. Probably don't. If you are listening in Australia, A, sorry, and B, get in <laughs> touch. Yeah, let us know. We're on we'll Facebook. Little search on Facebook. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, first of all, how can Ask us you that mask? I don't care. Because you. <laughs> don't care. I don't care. Made- can I just say, like, this has got like a little pre-package before and about the beef between her and Emma and Dana Brooke, and it's got yeah. my favourite um, Asuka moment, which is when she's in a match with some other person, and Emma and Dana Brooke come out to distract her. So Asuka just turns around and kills her opponent with one kick. Hold on, Deanna from behind. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Look at the reaction of. Emma and Dana. Yeah, playing backfires again. She is out cold. Asuka just knocked Diana Perrazzo out with a roundhouse kick. Yeah, I still remember that. This yeah. just kills her. And just goes yeah, to and goes. Totally lamps are one. Yeah, it goes, you're next. And Emma and Emma Dana are like, oh, we thought that was going to go much differently. And the yeah. person's just just dead in the ring because pretty much yeah pretty much fell off Asuka kicked her how can you be like that much of a just a heartless killing machine with that much neon yeah I don't, I've often thought that about Asuka her, her ring attire kind of doesn't suit the character kind of thing but I don't know if it's a good thing it's late period rockers isn't it let's be honest yeah, with ourselves much. it looks like a very much you know 80s glam metal I could see I could see Marty Jannetty in that yeah true um, no worries at all but then yeah. It's, it's, it's underneath that mask is the face of a killer yeah pretty much I have put here she looks amazing like a geisha who would shag you today <laughs> and it's just it's amazing she just uh, really, but then like Emma doesn't let the side down because like she had a heel turn and you know the eyeliner the glasses the gloves she's I don't know if it's I, I don't know if I've suddenly developed a thing for women with blue lipstick <laughs> But I have put here, and I know this is going to sound horrific. Okay, okay, go for it. It's, it's. Come on. I've just put on the notes here, and I, I hate to be, like, it sounds really short. You're, it's in, horrible. A, you're in a safe to, place, it's fine. You're in a I'm safe about, place. I'm about to talk about how NXT is like really, you know, pushing women's wrestling and making it really, really good. And all I've got in capital letters is Emma is smoking hot. <laughs> and I kind of feel a bit guilty about writing that, but it's kind of true. So. And then, like, her little partner, Dana Brooke, who I didn't like when she first started. She had all those packages kind of introducing her, and then she came in, and she seemed really stiff, awkward, not really kind of, didn't seem very smooth. But then they, they teamed her up with Emma, put her outside the ring, and that her like her all attitude just seemed to fit around Emma's oh, yeah. skills totally. in the ring. Emma's just like a really amazing heel. <laughs> yeah, and having like kind of Dana Brooks with the kind of yappy Terry next to her. Yeah, which makes sense because it, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. and it's the brilliant. It's not long before you get the ask is going to kill you. Because she's going to kill somebody, because that's what she does. She does have a look on her face like she will rip out your soul as well. Exactly. She needs soul to survive. She needs to... Yeah, that's it. She needs to sort of soul suck. She's like the Shang Tsung of... of- <laughs> 
NXT. She's essentially a, like a boss from a JRPG. Let's be honest with ourselves. She's yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. She was, you know, with with some kind of spell that she just has to look at you and yeah, you, you instantly capacitated <laughs> for the next two minutes or so. Yeah. In the first bit of the commentary, commentary tonight is provided by Byron Saxon and Cody Graves. I think, if I remember rightly, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, he says you'd expect a boisterous cl- crowd in London. Yes. Yes, you bloody would. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about the crowd reaction later on probably more during the other women's match I think because that was the one that really caused a lot of Americans to go a bit nuts over it but anyway I think there was a few other points where there was a few other issues but we'll get to those when we get to it I think it was mainly the Bailey match that caused especially Jim Ross to have a pop yeah but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, they switch arm bars at the start as the crowd cheer Asuka's arm bars and boo Emma's. As you do. Um, and uh, she Asuka misses a drop kick just as the crowd start chanting, fuck her up, Asuka, fuck her up. Emma didn't like the fact that, as she put it, the red carpet was rolled out for Asuka. You know, such a high-profile signing to the women's division here in NXT. So Emma figured, you know what, we'll go to the welcoming committee. Uh, which I think is an ICW thing, but never I think mind. So, yeah. Um, and then she Emma bails out the ring, and Asuka does that really weird move where she just essentially plants her ass in in like yeah her, her opponent's face. She just runs off the apron. Like, she runs off the apron and just kind of reverses into someone. It's a hip attack, I think, is how Byron they refer to it as a hip attack, but it yeah. ain't the hips. <laughs> but it's more the fact when Asuka lands and then licks her lips afterwards. Yeah, like it, she's tasting blood. Yeah, she smelled blood in the water. Yeah. It's just not good. That's, you realise that she's a complete brute. Then there's the bit that after this where Dana Brooke uh, runs around the ring to try and distract Asuka, but Asuka just turns around and stares at her, and Dana Brooke <laughs> visibly looks petrified. Because you, you just know that she would kill her. Yeah, pretty much. There's, just uh, no, there's no line to it. It's like, just don't come near me, because I'll, I'll just kill you. Because yep. I'll just kill you. Emma then gains the advantage. She chokes Asuka in the corner. I've put here a kind of weird arm stretch thing. Oh, yeah, she's got like a head, feet either side of her head, yeah. Feet on the shoulders and pulls on Asuka's arms. Because he's just like a roll into it. Like it's going to be something really complicated. And she's just kind of like, oh, you're just going to. Yeah, I'll just stretch your arms. Stretch your arms a little bit. Um, And I put here Emma, ideal heel moveset. Because she's starting, and I've noticed as well, Eve Marie's got this as well, whether by accident or design with Eve Marie. <laughs> I you don't think anything by her's by design, to be honest. Well, to give the girl... I, here's the thing. <laughs> right. You know when Cesaro was supposed to be a heel? Yeah. But he was still doing the big swing? Yeah. Which is such a crowd-pleasing move. When he was in the um, team with Swagger? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. When he was had the whole Seb Coulter thing. Yeah. And even when he was like a Heyman guy, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he was still doing the big swing, which is such a crowd-pleasing move. You know, the crowd, the crowd loved it, and he was spinning them around, all this kind of stuff, and blah, 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 blah. It didn't make sense. Yeah, because why are you doing that if you're a heel? Because Yeah, why are you doing these crowd-pleasing maneuvers if you're a heel? The idea is that the crowd should just fucking hate you. Do you think that's like um, a hangover from his, the, his indie days where they think the goal is mainly to get a reaction? To not, Possibly, necessarily, not yeah. necessarily tell that story, but <laughs> just to get a reaction out of the crowd. To yeah, get, to get some kind of reaction. Yeah. yeah. But there's an argument with like the heels that... Um, you know, heels should have a really, really basic move set and just do stuff well. Yeah, well, I think do nothing the next match we'll, we'll, we'll think we'll discuss that a bit further. But yeah, the yeah. The, the heel just just basically keeps the the because ideally the crowd are there to pay to see the face do their stuff, so they want to see Ashka running the ropes and doing the butt thing and want to hear from around. 
and the heel should be doing everything they can do to stop the heel, the the, the face from doing all those kind of good things. Yeah. They should be keeping, like, you know, example, keeping the Hardy Boys from flying through the air. You know, whoever gets to the top rope, knock them off so they can't do their moves and the like. It's, it's to stop, keep the crowd away from what they want as long as possible. So then when you get to the end of the match and the heels and the face off doing all those kind of big crazy moves, it's even more of a reaction, which I think is something that's kind of gets lost, isn't it? It's more kind of, yeah. oh, we need, we need a big spot here, then another big spot, then another big spot, and then we'll get a This Is Awesome chant, and then we'll finish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, that's it. But, but Emma, I think you're right, Emma does seem to be like just working her over rather than yeah. doing anything flashy. It's not doing anything flashy. She's not looking to go for the crowd to go, oh my God. She's just really <laughs> yeah. just kind of like, here's your hero, I'll just hold them in this stretching arm. Yes, yeah, so just going to beat them yeah. up for a few minutes. This is, this is wrestling chant, um, which is deserved. Yeah. Um, Emma does a massively huge Irish whip in the corner, uh, which kind of makes Asuka rebound completely. Yeah. And then, but the thing is, as we're starting to build into this, Asuka is taking damage but getting more and more pissed off, <laughs> <laughs> and like obviously building up to something. Not in a kind of Hulk Hogan kind of shaking the head and shaking the ropes kind of thing. Yeah, but just generally just kind of like absorbing pain and just getting more and more annoyed and building up. Yeah, you know cause... she's she's basically like in Street Fighter Five. She's building up the V trigger. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a topical reference! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, yeah, buy Street Fighter Five, guys. It's amazing. Asuka gets a drop kick in. It's followed by more kicks, and what I've put down on the note here: the bum vault. <laughs> Another one. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I'm officially calling it a bum vault. Bum vault, gotcha. And then Asuka then misses a shot in the corner, but Emma locks her in, kind of like the tarantula that yeah. Tajiri used to do, which I often think is a little bit of a pointless finishing move because the whole five, the whole yeah, the submission move has yeah. to break it on the count of five because they're in contact with the ropes. Yeah. Emma then does this underhook suplex, overhead suplex, into the corner um, for two. Those, like, every time I see a suplex into the corner, they always look really properly nasty. Yeah, it's properly like Asuka's back just kind of cracks off the middle turnbuckle. Yeah, just kind of folding you up in ways that your neck and back probably shouldn't do. It's like an accordion, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Asuka gets the ankle lock in. And when Emma manages to reach a standing basis again on one leg with the ankle lock still locked in, uh, Asuka just basically German suplexes her for good measure. <laughs> just because. Just because. Um, she gets a running knee in uh, for a two count. And then the finale of this match is really that Asuka wants to get the Asuka lock in. Yeah. But can't. What do we feel about people's um, finished moves being named after them? Because Emma's got like an Emma lock. I think it's okay. Like if everybody's got like a, uh, like a, a lock named after them, just get a bit silly after a while. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like anything; you don't really want too much of the similar sort of. Yeah. Do you remember the Brock lock? Which one was that? Oh, you might not remember this because I don't think you were watching at the time. Brock Lesnar for a while on SmackDown in like two thousand three. Yeah. Had this really weird submission move. He stopped kind of using the F five. I think it's when he was properly healed. Once again, getting back to that thing where the F five was like a crowd pleaser. And you stopped doing just, the crowd pleasing stuff. Yeah, you yeah. stopped doing the crowd pleasing stuff and just went to this really bizarre. He would basically pick up an opponent's leg, wrap their leg kind of round his shoulders, so like their knee was on the back of his neck. Yeah, and then just like get his arms and just stretch down the way, and just bend their leg, the, like their knee over the back of his. Uh, I can see some picture of it. Yeah. Yeah, and they called it the Brock Lock. I think he used it for literally like two months. I looked stupid. Before he, and it looked 
bizarre. Yeah, because <laughs> obviously when he came back, he was using the um, it wasn't the it was not not the was it the Kamara lock, the the arm breaking thing. Oh yeah 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 I remember that yeah yeah yeah. I'm sure it's yeah. Kamara lock. So like that that kind of worked look well, it's good because it obviously you know it kind of plays off his MMA background and all that kind of stuff. Yeah exactly because they just come back from MMA so they were obviously playing on that. Yeah. But that yeah. thing with the leg just looks daft. No, it just it looked nuts at the time, and I don't quite know where they were going with it. But yeah, that was the Brock lock. Apparently, it's actually called the over-the-shoulder single-leg Boston Crab. Right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Uh, an Argentine leg lock. Argentine? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't yeah. know that. Didn't know that. There you go. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, there's then a ref bump. And it's a good ref bump, though. It is. It's a good one. It's a fairly logical one. Dana then, Dana then throws her belt in the ring. As we all know, the most dangerous of all wrestling weapons. Of course, yeah. They, of course, you get a belt. It starts, that's that's, that's it. it. Do, you that's remember, it. do you remember in WCW where they had that whole thing where Hulk Hogan could use his belt as a weapon because it was part of his ring attire? <laughs> and that's how he got away with it. He couldn't be... When in NWO, he couldn't be disqualified because he just kept... Like, Cause, yeah, he had the... Because um, obviously his back was messed. He was not wearing that kind of big back belt, didn't he? The kind of yeah. weightlifting belt. Yeah, exactly. And he kept taking it off and using it as a weapon. God bless WCW. Yeah, God bless him for that logic. God bless him. Uh, Asuka ends up with the belt in her hand just as the referee wakes up. So there's a bit of a confrontation. Teasing a DQ there, aren't they? And the crowd, you know, to their credit, the crowd are going absolutely nuts about this one. Well, the the crowd, by this point, they're properly swept up in it. They're just like, no, you can't, no! don't disqualify her and it's really good and then the ref argues with Asuka whilst the ref is arguing with Asuka Emma tries to roll up pin um, which Asuka then reverses into the Asuka lock she finally gets it connected for the first time in the match Dana ends up distracting the ref on the apron whilst Emma's tapping yeah so the crowd see that she's tapping and then you know the ref misses it completely but again it's great work by Dana on the outside isn't it to be in that kind of annoying heel manager role as the referee's trying to get his bearings, um, Emma gets the belt, uh, tries to use it against Asuka, but Asuka just kicks her in the face. <laughs> just kicks her. Just literally. Really just properly think, hard in the face. It's a hark back to the episode of NXT and the build-up to this where she just kicked that her opponent in the face. Yeah, who later died from Same being thing. kicked. Yeah, which who's later, who's still looking for her soul now. <laughs> yeah, I think the soul um, is still stood yeah. in the middle of the ring. Her body just like moved elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> just moved elsewhere. Yep, they can. Yeah, the, the body, the bruises recover, but the soul damage doesn't. <laughs> it's um, still there. Asuka then pins her for three, and yeah. Asuka is your winner. Everybody's very happy with that, aren't they? Oh, yeah. The crowd love that, and the opening is. Well, for an opening match, that is pretty yeah. good. Well, the fact they led with a women's match, you know. Yeah. Is is a great thing to start with. And, and then it's not the even fa- for a title or anything. No, and the fact that it's a cracking match as well. It's brilliant. Probably ends up not to spoil the rest of the podcast, but probably ends up being one of the best on the card of a high standard yeah. matches. I'd say it's yeah, it's probably one of the best. 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 But yeah, I, I also like the fact that it's not the only women's match of the night. Yeah, this it's, is just bonkers. Yeah, that's what I was. I was going to say. You know, before I was like Emma's really smoking hot. <laughs> um, I was going to say. She's all proper gorgeous. Proper gorgeous. <laughs> she looks really pretty. Um, and so anyway. I thought you said I couldn't make it. 
<laughs> he's just guessed it. He's just come on. That's there. it. He's been listening all this time. Listening all the he's time. Listening all this time. Um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that in NXT, it's not like, oh well, here's your women, your one and only women's match. That's it. See you. Good night. It's like at the beginning. It's just another wrestling match. Yeah, it's it's another wrestling match that just happens to have women wrestlers yeah. in it, and they're treated like it's not. They haven't got total divas to promote, basically. Oh yeah, so they haven't so, got they, have, they haven't got to keep people around who are on that show. Yeah, who just blatantly can't do anything. Yeah, and it's like okay, here's Emma doesn't like Asuka. Asuka doesn't like Emma. Go for it. Yeah, and that's it's it's so outrageously simple in an, as an idea. I think that's the thing. A lot of it is just simple heel versus yeah. bad guy. You know, you work a few hope spots and then you get to the finish and it's a big thing. It's yeah, just, and it's great. It's not complicated, is it? It's not no, complicated. it's not added rocket science. Anyway, yeah. that's it. That's it. Well, yeah, uh, and if we're talking like, you know, calling back to that kind of simple style of wrestling, that's surely that's the tag team match coming up next. Have you thought about the consequences of those actions? Ever since we've won this hardware, okay, we've been telling everybody that will listen to us we're the absolute best tag team on this planet. These two have taken their aggression, their nastiness, and their willingness to do whatever it takes to a whole new level. It's like these guys come out here just to hurt people because they enjoy it. Anybody that steps up, we're going to put down. Bash it, Dawson. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Enzo and Big Kaz versus Dash and Dawson slash the mechanic slash the revival. Yeah, I've noticed that now. They're calling them the revival. The mechanics is a much better name. The mechanics. This is, this is, it reminds me of that Charles Bronson film. Really? Yeah, the mechanics is. Oh, I don't. Know, I liked it anyway. But they're just dashing Dawson on the uh, on this card. Yeah, they're just card. dashing Dawson. You as are Enzo and Cass, or just Enzo and Cass. Yeah, but Enzo and Cass don't really need a tag team name. They don't because Enzo and Cass. <laughs> how over an Enzo and Cass do they come out? Oh my holy god. <laughs> If I had a pound for every time me and Big Cass got knocked down and didn't get back up, I'd have zero pounds. I mean, you'd have thought, obviously, you know, the, the NXT crowd back in full show, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go with them. But it does seem like everybody who's likes wrestling likes Enzo and Big Cass. They just there's just something about them, isn't there? They just yeah, like, they just they've basically worked the character. I think it's just the fact that um, you know Big Cass is your typical kind of big wrestler guy, and yeah. him on his own would be a bit. Eh. Mm. But when you've combined him with who a man who is essentially a um, a Furby with E numbers, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you that's can, some you, description right there. That is. Yeah, exactly. He can use that in a promo. People, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he would. But what a pop! This it's crazy these guys get. It's amazing. It, it, they fully, you know, the, the spirit of Road Dog and um, Badass Billy Gun. That whole thing of the New Age Outlaws coming out, doing like people sing along to their promo the whole way down to the ring stuff. Yeah, give 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 the guy a microphone for the actual. Yeah, it just um, works. Right. And Enzo comes in and he's got he's got a pound in his pocket eventually. Yeah, he has to, he has to dig around to find that, doesn't he? he does. Well, that jacket is a bit small, isn't it, to be fair to him? But I, I quite like that. That was a nice little touch. And yeah. the Union Jack thing on the inside of his wrestling. Yeah, it does that. Like, it does that. But then, you know, Dash and Dawson come out and they just don't give a shit. No, they don't. No, They, they, they come they out with their, with their satin jackets. Yes. Their matching jackets, just like, right, 
You want to fucking punch somebody? What's their thing? No flips, no uh, no flips, just fists. Yes, <laughs> which works once yeah. again. Heel team. They're a heel Basic. team. Basic. And they they're do not they, do anything crowd pleasing. They invoke what the Brainbusters and the Midnight yes. Express and all those kind of like Arm Anderson and Tully Blanchard that, that kind of team. Yeah, exactly. You can tell they've obviously been based on some kind of you know old school. Yeah. Hard going power tag teams. That's great because like who does that at the moment? It's all you know. No one. I think. No one. If you look at like tag teams, who are they kind of who are influenced by? It's probably these days mainly the Hardys. Yes, like in the Hardys and that kind of era of tag teams, mm-hmm. as opposed to going back, you as know, like in the ten years, the twenty years before yeah. that, and then getting yeah, aye, getting back you'll into get, that kind of era. You'll get a lot of young wrestlers now who probably were watching the Attitude Era. Yeah, as their the main of, point of reference. Yeah, we've well, got to look at the Young Bucks. You know, they're probably like the one of the best tag teams in the world and they're just basically the Hardy Boys. I mean, they'll admit that themselves. Like a lot of their shit comes from the Hardy Boys. And they, but they, I think they see their favourite tag teams the Rockers so they're kind of going back to that era as well. Really. Yeah, they, okay, that's fair enough. That's yeah. not bad. But they, these guys, they're, they're, on, they're like looking at Arn Anderson and like looking at that kind yeah, of... Yeah, exactly. Which, and it works for them. Oh yeah, it probably works. Like, fine, you know. Having them against Enzo Big Cas, it, it makes sense as a, as, a, as, you know, as a, as a rivalry because... Enzo and Big Kaz are all about the flash and stuff, aren't they? They're not they're not the best wrestlers in the world. Keep it quiet. No. Enzo, I mean Kaz is a bit stiff and Enzo's a bit stiff, but they kind of get them better each time with each PV, aren't they? They kind of get them better and better than when I first saw them. Yeah, pretty much. But you know, they're not exactly you can't imagine one of them going on to be Shawn Michaels. That kind of makes not sense. Not really, no. no. Corey Graves has no idea what a chav is. Yes, he invokes chavs. <laughs> Enzo inspired an entire subculture in London. I call him Chav for the worst kind of people. He's, uh, but Enzo's a bona fide G. He's not a, he's not a Chav. Everybody knows this. He's not a Chav. He's, yeah, he's a bona fide G and a certified thug. Exactly. And you can't teach that. You can't teach that. No, you can't teach that. You can't teach that. The, the chants in this match are amazing. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Way big cast. Big cast. God bless that English crowd. Yeah, you get the whole the whole Cody Graves thing of the Beatles were not renowned tag team wrestlers. <laughs> I like. What do we think, Mike? This is on on the uh, announcing team at the moment because Byron Saxon's on the pay per views in Raw now. I think he is. Yes, and kind is. of Corey Graves is mainly. I think he's normally only on their NXT and the kind of pre show stuff on the main thing. But I yeah. really dig Corey Graves as like a heel, the heel announcer. I like him. I think he's he had a little bit. When I first started watching NXT and he was doing the commentary, yeah. he did seem to have a little bit of a rabbit in the headlights thing going on. Mm. And a bit like, oh, like that. but he yeah. seems to have settled. The more he's done it, the more he's settled into it. Yeah. And I think he's he's heelish without being just obnoxious like JBL is. Yeah. Well, not, JBL flip-flops, he's just kind of like... He, <sighs> I don't know. Like he's like saying how good the the I don't know. I'm not sure about JBL. 
No, I don't buy him as a commentator at no. all. I do not buy him. It's a shame because the guy can talk. Because if you see like the um, the Legends with JBL thing, on oh, the they're name, cracking. The Eric Bischoff one was brilliant. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really good at that kind of stuff. But he doesn't settle into that announcer's role properly. No, he just uh, gets to sit there and kind of go. It's it, just he sounds. Bored. Oh, he's got to get the toys out. Get the toys out. All that yeah, kind of he's stuff. Kind of going. I want to see you fight. Yeah. Well, yeah, we all do. It's well, Graves. It's, like, he's calling the match and he's kind of highlighting the moose and all that. But he's doing it from a kind of like, yeah, you know, you, you've got to be mean and beat people up and that kind of perspective to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he does quite well. Hmm. I've written my notes here, but I'm a bit confused as to which one's Dash and which one's Dawson. <laughs> and I think the crowd kind of play on that as well because yeah. they do get the. I think is it Dawson's in the ring at one stage and then they start chanting, "Are you Dash? Are you Dash? Are you Dash?" In disguise, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. You know, finding all the audio clips for this podcast is going to be a massive pain in the ass. But it's hey, just gonna, it's 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 absolutely amazing. So we get uh, they lock up at the start. There's the Seven Nation Army chant from the crowd. Yeah, when you get oh Enzo Amore. <laughs> oh. Do you think um, there's like one person in the crowd starting these chants, or is there like like a, a meeting beforehand where the crowd go right this no, match we're going to start with this? We'll leave it that. Just organically start. With to like you know probably three or four folk probably pissed, <laughs> and then you know everyone around them will go. That sounds great. That's we'll just do that as well. Just do that as well. The main thing about this opening this match, the speed is amazing. Mm. But being sort of you know well what seventy five percent this match are big guys. Yeah, Enzo's small in comparison, but they're all going at it like a fair rate. Yeah, well I think that kind of again invokes that kind of style of. The old tag team verse, like quick tags, cut the ring off, you know, yeah, have exactly. someone in the corner, do all that kind of stuff, which works really, works really well as tag team. I don't understand why it's not done more, you know? I don't get it either. I genuinely don't get it. Um, we get to sort of the sort of your general sort of tag team back and forth at the start. There's a part where Kaz picks up Dash and throws him right into Dawson. Mm. And then they're trying to follow that with the Enzo air, um, but Dawson moves out the way. Um, and Enzo goes to the outside anyway. And then they start working on Enzo's left shoulder. Yeah. Because that's the main kind of attack point. And then you get the crowd chant of, are you Dawson, are you Dash? Are you Dawson, are you Dash? <laughs> which I think is a bit of a problem with the whole Dash and Dawson thing, because it is kind of difficult to know which one's which. Yeah, but you have, I can't remember, do they have uh, different facial hair? Yes. That, that's your kind of... One, you... well, one's got hair and one's bald. Yeah. That's the kind of... Um, way to do it isn't it I mean even like yeah. um, what are they called Blake and Murphy they put their name on their trunks didn't they they did yeah I mean I, I quite like them as well as the tag team champions when they, when they didn't the like belts. them to begin with but then warmed to them yeah and, and now appreciate what they're doing and they had a good, really good match um, last episode of NXT when they were wrestling American Alpha yeah I think that was but the thing because they, they, I think they kind of started off supposed to be baby faces and then as they became more and more heelish it just yeah. played into their attitude. Exactly. Which um, I think, you know, that's a good thing of the NXT. They, they do tend to kind of react, not, not, not like overly react to the crowd, but like, right, they're not getting over to baby face. So let's do something up and switch them up a little bit. Let's switch them up a bit and go along with it. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to the main roster where it's like, no, Roman Reigns is a face. Exactly. No, he's definitely a face. Honestly. <laughs> he's he, honestly a face. Yeah. He's just a face. Cheer this man. Cheer, cheer this for man. For fuck's sake, just cheer him. Cheer this Look, man. he just beat Please, that person up. Cheers, man. Um, Come on. Yeah, I don't get I think if, if Reigns is in NXT, he would he would he would have had a heel turn by now. You can probably 
Um, yeah, you're probably right, actually. They've probably yeah. just gone with it and just would have said, yeah, okay, you want to boom, then boom, fine. Go, just follow the path least resistance, just go where the crowd goes. Exactly, just go, yeah, if the crowd want to boo someone, then just let yeah. it. You know, and it this, worked out a hell of a lot better that way. I think, you know, Dash and Dawson, they know the crowd booing them, so they just, like, they just continue this match, right? They heal up, they're, they're always doing little kind of niggly things, aren't they? They kind of niggly heal things. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're good at doing them as well, which yeah. is... Really good. You get the most the, the, a, a massive rarity comes up next in this match. The ref doesn't see a heel tag. <sighs> no Which way. I, thought, I looked at that kind of going, "Wow, that's intriguing." Oh, oh. <laughs> oh Buster. That's it. Not seen that for a while. Not seen that in a long time. I can't even remember the last time I saw that. But usually, it's obviously the, to, to draw the crowd. It's usually a face team that you know you can't. You know, oh, I didn't see the tag. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Knackered wrestler A, who's just wrestled for ten minutes straight, has to go back in. Oh no! What a disaster. Oh no! You have to get the hot tag again. You have to wait <laughs> a little bit longer. But no, he, they, he genuinely pulls up, which I think is a nice little touch. Yeah. Basically, just gives it a little bit more realism well yeah i think again the problem with the with i think they kind of do it a bit on the um nxt but especially the main roster is just ignoring the ref yeah like, like the refs not ignoring them in, a, in the sense that they do what they want but it's just like if the refs ask him to do things it's not picked up by the country team it's not referred to as you know about the five counts and it's not you don't feel like the refs are in charge of a match no they're just there to count Kind of like the ECW refs, they would just had to count a pin, wouldn't they? Essentially, yeah, essentially, yeah. Whereas he kind of get a feeling, you know, the rest will step in and do stuff, and it feels yeah. like it's more natural what to what a referee would do, you know, and did back in back in the old WWF days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you get the bit with um, once again talking about injuries is that Cass blows out his knee again. Now it was yeah. basically Dash and Dawson breaking or attempting to break. Cassie's knee. They did it before on like the NXT show, didn't they? they yeah, yeah, yeah they him did or something. It That was the whole reason this match got set up is because yeah. you know they were getting beat up. Enzo then comes back in and he sells the clothesline by pretty much flipping himself in a complete 360 degrees in the air. genuinely a moment where Cass rolls up Dash, and the crowd think that it's over. Yeah, you can so tell that everyone's on their feet, and the crowd reckon this is it. This will be the moment that Cass that uh, Enzo and Cass win the tag team championship. But that just proves like how over these two are and how yeah. well worked the match is because exactly. again, you've got the crowd who, you know, they're, they're a smart crowd. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. But by the end of it, they're, they're properly sucked into these moves. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're sucked into the spots because they think, built the match right. Yeah. And everyone in that building, I think wants to see Enzo and Cass walk out. With the Everybody wants to see them so. in the tiles. Yeah. I think I, I remember watching that like, live. I was aching for, I was like, please just let them win. Come on. Oh, yes. Dash then grabs Carmella um, to kind of use her as a human shield. Yeah, against a heel Cass. bastard. Yeah, I know. No, no. And then, but she elbows him. Cass is then sent into the ring post. And then, because he's outside the ring, sort of injured, they kind of drop Enzo in what looks like kind of like a code breaker. It's, I believe it's called the, uh, the Shatter Machine. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's like a, like a was it a flapjack and the other yeah, one does the yeah, code yeah, break yeah, at the same yeah. time yeah exactly uh, and then they pin Enzo for the three that crowd uh, don't like it do they no well the crowd don't like it but Dash and Dawson retain it and yeah. um, it's it's a bloody good match it's a cracking match isn't it it's a cracking match and I think all the more important is the fact that both Enzo and Cass 
were selling big injuries during that match. Yeah. So it doesn't look like they've, although they've lost. They, they do look weak for it because you've got yeah. the whole injury thing going into it. Yeah, it, they still look like they could have won it. So the doubt is, you know, the, the, the idea is that they could have overcome that and yeah. it should have probably happened, but it didn't. So it leads to other, you know, opportunities down the line. Yeah. Um, that's a really good tag team match. I do like this one. Well, we suspecting they're going to. The whole rumor is they're going to be called up soon, isn't it? Is it post WrestleMania or something? Well, you're getting to that kind of traditionally. Your April time is like your post WrestleMania, um, and they'll usually uh, release a few guys. Yeah, the post uh, the post WrestleMania come down. Yeah, because they give them the wrestle. You know, the WrestleMania payday, and then see you. Yeah, um, and then they'll also try and like um, usually introduce people. Refresh the, the roster a little yeah. bit, and you know, jazz it up a bit. Um, I mean, I would like to see Enzo and Cass versus New Day. Can you imagine just the promos? Oh, they got the entrances would take ten minutes on their own, but they'd be good entrances. You know. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Can you imagine? Uh, but you know, halfway through New Day, doing their shtick in the middle of the ring, you know, slagging off whatever they are. And then you get the, you know, it's like going, oh, you know, we've beaten everyone and blah, 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 blah. This is like, you imagine the Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. And then we've beaten everyone and they can't do this. And then you get the D, 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 boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then it's like, and it, oh, the, the place would go skyrocket. Well, I mean, you think about the current tag team roster, who as a face team is good on the mic? I mean, they, they, uh, don't, they don't let yeah. the, the Usos talk, do they? No, because we know nothing about the users. Nothing about Lucha Dragons are essentially silent. Yeah, apart from Lucha, Lucha, from the Lucha, 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 Lucha thing. Um, what other face tag teams are there? Uh, the Ascension. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you would have sorry. said the Dudleys, but they've turned them heel. Turned those heel, uh, yeah. Because um, obviously, you know, you're not getting the tables anymore. Yeah. Um, but there's not many. I'm stuck. The other team would have been. Um, Cesaro and um, Kid. Kid, but yeah, but both of them are shelves at the moment. Well, the the rumours are Kid's done, isn't it? I think is he? Well, there's a like a Instagram post by uh, what's the name Natalia, but seemed very kind of downer. Oh, well, I don't know because like he's out for like another good six months at least, isn't he? I think Kid after that neck um, injury, he's bust his neck up. So well, when was that? About four or five months ago. It wasn't long after Samoa Joe came onto the roster. Yeah, it usually was... you're talking probably about nine months to fix something like that. Usually yeah, properly. Yeah, so but they were they were kind of a tweener team, weren't they? I think I can't remember now. But yeah, well, they were kind of made up two heels that weren't really going anywhere, but they were kind of popular together. Yeah. they were a really good team. Yeah, I really liked them. But other than that, there's no there's no face team that can stand no. up to New Day of the Mic. So you bring it into a big cars, boom, you've got like an instant kind of you know three month program there at least, surely. Oh God, yeah, you could so. You know, you get Enzo and Cass. You know, leading up to um, you could take up to SummerSlam easily, easily. From a program of that, yeah, it's basically have New Day, you know, starting to, you know, initially sort of thinking, you know, they're not good enough for Raw and SmackDown. Then avoiding you know, them for about two months, yeah, avoiding them. Then in the first couple of matches in the pay per views, they have to actually cheat to win, <coughs> and then run away with the titles, and then they start getting a little bit scared of the whole thing, yeah, and then have them in like a, you know, a, have a sort of traditional sort of two out of three falls match at SummerSlam, yeah, well, there's loads they can do with like them. the old, like the old sort of Heart Foundation Bulldog kind of style, yeah. You know, and then just do that way. And that'll be really, really good. I love that. It's so good. 
Yeah, so it's okay. It's one of those sort of wrestling things you can just picture, and you're like, "Whoa, that'd be good." They just won't pull the trigger on it, will they? Yeah, no, they won't. I don't know. Really, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I'll put here. Nia Jax is the Rock's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you suggesting there, Cameron? Uh, uh, you, you know, a little bit of in, insider trading there. Of just, uh, I don't know. Really, I don't know. Um, yeah, because this is the part of the show when she's interviewed, and um, she doesn't get much out in the interview. Hmm. Because we get the whole thing of, are you looking at someone? And then ask is probably attempting to rip out her soul from the other side of the room. <laughs> Just, yeah, um, I forgot about that. She just like walks past and goes, you're fucking next. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And just walks off. <laughs> That's it. It's like, you know, obviously, I, I'm assuming that someone backstage has said ask his name three times in a mirror. <laughs> and uh, she's appeared yeah. um, to wreak merry havoc. Because she's just going to kill somebody. Yeah. She could so have the gimmick that would be like, um, you know, if she didn't have the multicolored hair, she could so have the gimmick of like being, um, was it Samara from the oh, ring? Oh, the ring, yeah. <laughs> she could just, so that, just like walk oh down the God. with long black hair. And no, just, just have it like crawl out of the Titan Tron. Yeah. Just like that. would be amazing. That would be horrific. <laughs> it's a PG product, guys. Honest. Just, just crawl in towards the ring like that. Yeah. Just coming out of the Titan Tron. Man, can you imagine it? Oh, imagine if I could do that live somehow. Oh, be... How would she? How would she get down? But... Don't she just float down on people's souls? She would... Yeah, she would just <laughs> float down on the screams of others. Yeah, that's what she'd do. <laughs> that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, the next match is uh, Apollo Cruz, um, who you know obviously used to be known as Uha Nation. <laughs> Um, and Baron Corbin Baron Corbin the lone wolf the, the lone wolf Baron Corbin yeah. what's your thoughts on Baron Corbin sir? it's really tricky because yeah like when they they kind of stuck to having him squash people for about four years it felt like it fell that way which was bad it just got well, boring well it was advisable yeah because he's not <laughs> exactly the most you know he doesn't do a lot in the ring no. and then you had him with um Bull Dempsey, which had the most famous non uh, non DQ match that's ever been done. Yeah, because there was nothing in that match that would have constituted DQ. Yeah. But then they kind of they... was that the Brooklyn show. That was the Brooklyn show. Yeah, no, it was one before that. I think respect was it. Was it? Yeah, it was a while ago. Oh, cool. on, on the Brooklyn show, he was against Samoa Joe. Oh right, yeah. Now when they put him with Joe, he's, you can t- kind of tell he was learning a lot from him from working with him, mm-hmm. and I think he improved a lot, especially in that match. That was a good match. That was him and Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. And then they had the whole kind of tag team thing between the two of them. That kind of works as well, weirdly, having like a lone wolf and a tag team. Yeah. And they kind of hung Corbin's attitude around the thing of like, um, what was it? Like, um, I've not been here for 10 years. I'm just in it for the money. I'm just yeah. a guy who beats people up. And that, that really worked for him as like a, oh, as yeah. a character. But I think they kind of, if they wanted him to be the kind of the, the big thing, obviously they, they've clearly been working him as a project for a long time because like he's got that complicated entrance to the lights and stuff. They they clearly you know looking at him long term. Yeah, they, they probably should have put the belt on him like a year ago, or got him a bit closer to the main um, event scene about a year ago. He's starting to get there now. He's, yeah, I think he's going to go back up there now, isn't he? Back up. To I the, think uh, a year ago he wouldn't have been ready. But even just to kind of give him a taste of it, just kind of put him no, in there with like he, he was still doing matches that were like three minutes yeah but I mean after like um, after the match with he'd Joe, have been so found out 
But then I think like he need. I think he need. That's what he needs now. He needs to be in like a, a twenty minute match, uh, you know, just to kind of show that he can go. Yeah, because we've seen into the squash too much, and this match is only. I mean, all the matches so far they've been about fifteen minutes, and this one is hold on, uh, eleven minutes forty. This is the shortest match of the card. So this is the shortest match overall, actually, to be honest. Is it? Yeah, I mean the Polo Cruz. He's been around for a few while on the indie scene, hasn't he? I'm not yeah, sure. he's been around for a think, little while. So a good couple of years. No, not ages, but I'd say a good three, four years at least of... Uh, 2009, he debuted, apparently. Really? All right, yeah. okay. Uh, made his breakthrough in 2011, got signed by Dragon Gate UHA. So he can probably carry a match with him as well. Yeah. So they both got they both that kind of um, that kind of strong you know, base to them. I don't know. I don't know. This is probably my least favorite match on the card. I don't know if it's because of the lack of chemistry between the two of them, or if it's down to Corbin himself. Something's a little bit off. I don't know what it is. The crowd make their opinion clear, and they start sounding. Is it, is it "fuck you, Corbin"? Apollo Crews is one of the most amazing athletes on the planet Earth. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to beat Baron Corbin. Now, sometimes there's no replacement for a good right hand. former Golden Gloves boxing champion. I mean, those talk about the educated strikes of Oscar. Corbin's hands are... Can we get the uh, football style your shit and you know you are. I think having him in the audience, sorry, in the ring, kind of getting those chants again, it works for his character. He's not there to make fans. He's just there to make no, some money and beat and people works, up. It works fine for him. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, be, I, I would imagine he'd be dead chuffed with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's you know, like a big reaction, isn't it? But I think the match, match is all right. You know, I mean, Cruz has clearly got money in him. Yeah. Once he kind of finds out, once because again, he's just kind of come in, smiley, smiley face guy. I don't think that, I don't know, it doesn't quite fit him either, that, that role that he's in in this match. Like he hasn't quite found the spark to his character that he needs to kind of get over with the audience. I don't know what. Again, it's not quite sure what it is. No, but I think that's part of the beauty of NXT is the fact they can, they've got a bit of room to find these things. Oh yeah, but you look at how um, Sasha Banks debuted. Exactly. Compared yeah. to like as soon as she got the boss, as soon as she figured out that she was the boss, bang, you know yeah, that was it. Bang, she's completely brilliant. Yeah. So I, love I think Sasha it's, Banks. It's, so I love that woman. She's amazing, isn't she? She's incredible. Sasha Effin Banks. But again, I think the, I think the, these are two guys who are, haven't yet quite realised who they are. I think Corbin's closer yeah. as a wrestling character oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to where he is. Closer to getting the the back. Skill wise, Cruz is better by you know by by a significant margin. Yeah. But I think if they keep if they keep Corbin as that we you know we discussed earlier that kind of non flashy heel who just beats people up. Yep. That that works. Thing that that would work for him. Whether or not he can make it onto the main roster is a whole other conversation. It's a I think. whole other conversation. Yeah, a whole other ball game. There's a lot of Corbin saying, this is my house, you can go back home, even yeah. though they're in Britain. You should have stayed in Ring of Honor! You should have stayed in Little Jim's at home with your parents! It's not really his house then, is it? It's not really his house and home. Well, technically no house is his, apart from if they're resting in his own house, because... Exactly, yeah. Everywhere would be kind of essentially rented for the duration of the event. Exactly. Uh, speaking, I mean, there's only two wrestlers I know of on the current roster that go on about their house, and it's him and Paige. Yeah. Uh, the rents must different be different houses terrible. different houses completely all over the place yeah. then I've put Apollo's head to many turnbuckles 
followed by a really grand <laughs> drop kick from Apollo Cruz. He's got a good drop kick on him. He, yeah, he, for, for a guy his size, his I mean, size, he does a lot of stuff. I here. mean, he's not far off. What was his name? Um, oh God, the mid nineties guy who had the kidney stuff. Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, he got that. He's, he's not far off that kind of physique, is he? He's a bit taller than Apollo. Um, he's got. A, he's. I think he's a bit smaller than Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, but I mean, he's not far off though, is but he? But he does a hell of a lot more dealer stuff than Ahmed exactly. Johnson did. Like, Ahmed Johnson was just. He's probably, he's probably like, he's probably because he's about probably about what a few a few just taller, so he does, he's yeah. not quite as big, but he's got that agility to him. That oh, he's I think, got plenty of agility. Yeah, oh yeah, loads, loads. As we're about to find out. Apparently, he was trained by Mister Hughes. What? <laughs> I just, I've got his, his um, Wikipedia page that says trained by Mister Hughes. Really? Apparently so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. I just remember. I just remember that chapter in Jericho's book about Mister Hughes being narcoleptic. <laughs> And it keeps he kept falling asleep when you know that brief period where Mister Hughes was teamed with Jericho. Yes, apparently he, he would just fall asleep. God bless him. <laughs> and like ringside, he was supposed to be <clears> like <throat> some massive spot where he would help Jericho out and cheat to win, and, all, and he would be asleep. <laughs> so Jericho would have to go and wake up his manager. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jericho. Apollo then tries to attack um, when Baron Corbin's in the corner, but Baron Corbin backdrops him pretty much over the turnbuckle and face first on the steps. It's not pleasant. It doesn't look pleasant. It looks really good on camera, actually. Obviously, he probably would have stuck his hand out to save him cracking his heat off the steps, but it looks really, really good. Yeah. Uh, we then get the wonderful mention of Ring of Honor, because Corbin leans over the ropes and kind of goes, should have stayed in Ring of Honor. Yeah. I wonder if he got a fine for that or whether that was uh, allowed. They've got a sort of semi-recognised yeah. relationship with Ring of Honor, I think, so it should be okay. They don't mention TNA, do they? They don't mention no, TNA. TNA, no, no, never mentioned TNA. I mean, even on that Nakamura um, video that I posted on the Facebook page, I don't think it shows his Ring of Honor match. It shows him in Pro Revolution in um, yeah, England. Yeah, there's a credit for Pro Revolution. But yeah. like, like uh, Kevin Owens talks about his match with um, Nakamura, which was in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't show anything of that at all. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they get a little bit kind of... Because um, the way basically WWE at the moment is just snapping up indie talent left, right and centre. I wonder if and Ring of Honor is just kind of making it like a little bit separate, like a little bit kind of little bit of distance between them. Maybe I don't know. Speculating there, Speculation. speculation. Pure speculation. Yeah. Um, he's pretty much getting hammered, Apollo yeah. Crews, at this stage. Sells well though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Corbin is slung out the ring. Uh, Apollo keeps on him. He does a moonsault off the apron, which looks incredible. Yeah, for a guy his uh, size, putting one off of that because he makes it look so easy. Yeah, he does. He does. Then we get Apollo with some huge clotheslines. He manages to reverse the end of days. I think that's quite good. Um, I quite like end of days because it it does lend itself to people kind of look getting out, in and out of it in quite spectacular ways. You know what I mean? True, yeah. Because the it way... Does um kind of look like a move in which the guy who's supposed to be doing the move takes more of a bump than the actual guy oh, who's yeah. supposed to harm. It's kind of like, what was that thing that um, Chris Canyon used to have a move in WCW? I think it was a very, very similar idea. And it was a bit like a rock bottom, only you took the bump. Yeah. This is it was a bit sense. like you kind, of, you kind of put your arm across someone's shoulders and then just fall backwards. <laughs> the idea being that it looked like, you know, you were smacking their head off the ground. Yeah. But in reality, it just looked like a rock bottom, only you're okay. taking the bump. Yeah. And you instigated it and it looked kind of weird as a result. Very good. Very good. Uh, like Corbin's, he said, he said it on... Um... Ball Dempsey, and Ball Dempsey was the small guy. So yeah, I think it's it's what it, I quite like a finishing move that you can just kind of do really quickly and hit most people with it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what they always say, you know, for a finishing move. It's, it's, a, it's a move you should be able to do in everyone. Yeah. Regardless of size. Yeah. So, yeah, and it works for that. A beautiful standing moonsault from a Polo Cruz for a two count. Bonkers, isn't it? They could do that. Oh, it's, it looks amazing. Looks yeah. amazing. And then he goes for a sit-down powerbomb, but Corbin manages to hold on the ropes. And then he ends up getting the end of days anyway for the three. And the crowd still detest him. <laughs> so that's but, fine. But that was kind of the point, though, wasn't it? Because wasn't this that's the point. wasn't this Cruz's first NXT pay per view match? No, I think he did Brooklyn as well. Did he do Brooklyn? I'm sure he did Brooklyn. I can't remember who he was against, but I'm pretty sure he did Brooklyn because in Brooklyn oh, he, he came down to the ring. Um, and I remember him kind of they, they, they zoomed right in on him in his entrance. He just looked at the camera and went, "That's sure a lot of people." Oh yeah, he beat uh, Ty Dillinger. Perfect ten. That's the one. That's the one. Perfect yeah. ten. Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. Uh, yeah, he was at the Brooklyn show at SummerSlam. Yeah. So. I quite like Ty Dillinger, but he's kind of assumed that role of the. Um, oh, who's the guy who broke Kevin Owens' nose in its first match? Um, I can't remember what his name is. Oh, CJ Parker. Yeah, but him and who's now, who's now left? He's now left, isn't he? But him and Tyler Breeze were like the kind of upper mid card NXT guys you'd beat on your way to the main event. Yeah, I suppose are you right? Aye. And Ty Dillinger's kind of fallen into that kind of role as well. Yeah, but I like, like he. I think he was in a tag team before that wasn't very good, but then when he kind of affected found that kind of again, he found a gimmick. He found the perfect ten thing, and that just seemed yeah. to work and, and catch on. To, yeah, it seems to work and catch on. He's got some sort of hang his coat on kind of idea. Yeah, I've put down here that Asuka has a really unnerving smile. I think this is probably the, I'm probably a bit confused. I probably got this. This is probably the Nia Jackson Asuka bit in yeah. this section. But hey, we've already talked about that. But then, but you're right. She has. Yeah. It, well, yeah, I think true. that's what sold her. Remember when she first came in and she she was in the ring and then. Emma and Dinah Brooke came out and made a all mean to him and she kind of really meek, sheepishly left the ring. Yeah. And then she kind of walked up the ramp and then just stopped and turned around and had the face of a murderer. Yeah, that's that. That's the one. And it was yeah. like, uh, I remember watching, I'm thinking, yeah, she's going to she's gonna fit in around here. She'll around be fine. Parts. She'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> yep. She'll be fine. Um, then I've put on my notes here, a slight confession, Phil. Oh, dear. And I, it's just the words that I said, I have to admit to it. What, the Ajax is smoking? No, I originally didn't like Bailey. I I can kind of see it though. I just didn't see it because originally I just like what? Why is she hugging people? Yeah, that's but, not really. She's supposed to be fighting them. Why is she going about the whole? When you kind of thing? see it for the first time, the entrance with the like the the music and the um the the the, the wavy arm men, and yeah, the colors and the giving out the things and all that it is. I mean, what's she been called in some parts? Joan Cena. Ooh. Because she's got that kind gosh, of overly that baby kind of face. kid friendly thing going yeah. on. Yeah. And then I think the first few times I saw her, yeah, because she wasn't really in the kind of main matching. She was just kind of off to one side as like Charlotte's friend, I think, when I first started watching NXT. Yeah. But then, like, like then then you have the four way match, and then you have a series match with, with uh, Sasha Banks, and you realise that she's actually really, really good. She is amazing. She's brilliant. Like, I think she maybe got a little bit. Like when they had the whole thing of the women's title match was like Sasha Banks and Charlotte and then Sasha Banks got the title and then they had all those matches. Yeah. And there's Becky Lynch in there as well. The four horsewomen. Yeah, the four horsewomen. I don't know if that works. Um but anyway. Well they call themselves. Yeah, but it's just another they thing with it's just another Rick Flairism for Charlotte to be lumbered with. Just carry on. Was, anyway. do, carry on with Flair. Like a t shirt says. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but no, I, I didn't, I didn't see the whole Bailey thing, and I really wasn't up with it, no. and I didn't like it. And but now I've totally warmed to her. But it's like she's it's, amazing. She does the same thing that Sami Zayn does: is that she's just the archetypal babyface. Oh yeah, yeah. You cannot see a Bailey heel turn. Maybe, yeah, in life, like the way That's that she sells. Who's the, guy, the who's the guy Stone Cold Steve Austin talks about from the tag team in the eighties? Bobby, no. Uh, is it Bobby Eaton? Yeah, Bobby Eaton. Like the way, like he would get people in the crowd crying because he was he was selling so much. Yeah, like Bailey's got that kind of empathy where people just like people just att- like attach themselves to her and just kind of feel it without even kind of knowing it. This would lead in rather nicely to the comments of Mister Jim Ross about this match, <laughs> as we alluded to earlier. how um, they start off with the um, you know hey hey Bailey I want to know if you be my girl Um, that song now that is pretty much a given all the way through this match to the point where Nia Jax is absolutely leathering Bailey Jim Ross had a whole thing about how that was pretty stupid of the crowd to do because they're essentially singing a pop song whilst their hero Gets the tar beaten out of her. But they're trying to get, they're trying to pump her up. Yeah, that's, I think a lot of the UK, and this is what really annoyed a lot of the American fans. Because to the Americans, it looked like the crowd were just taking the piss. Disrespectful. And being disrespectful. In yeah. reality, I think all the UK guys were trying to explain it as it's kind of a football thing. Yeah. In that your team might be losing, but you're still going to be singing. Yeah. With is them. It- you know, and, so the UK crowds always do have that different feel to them, don't they? They always have yeah, that. Yeah, they yeah, always yeah. do have that kind of football crowd feel. Which, yeah, this is totally a football crowd feel. Yeah, but it's, um, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you're still going to be singing, you know, um, we love you, whatever team we do, we love you. Yeah. Oh, we love you, generic football you, team, generic football team. We love you, uh, kind of thing. You know, always going to be singing that, even if you like two, you know, two nil down or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know? So and this is kind of a similar thing, but mm. I think in America they didn't quite they didn't understand the uh, the they didn't quite get it. And I don't think Bailey took it as any great disrespect because on Twitter afterwards she was going on about you know oh, it was a really really good win, and yes, London, I will be your girl. Oh, she loves it. It's like she, have you yeah. seen all the, all the videos they've been doing of her and Finn messing around in the ring up before after oh, matches and stuff? I'll laugh myself silly. Are they actually going out in real life? I don't think so. Like the whole thing, the dirty dancing one was hysterical, and and Finn coming out as, uh, was it Finn Bailey Club? Yeah, with the t shirt on, the hugger t shirt on. I'll take that all day long. Yeah, exactly. It was amazing. Yeah. This looked incredible. Speaking of looking incredible, what do you think of Nia Jax? How do you mean? Just in general. Like, as her coming in as, like, basically, you know, the big nasty heel of the women's division NXT. Yes. Um, they kind of had, they had video state packages for her for about what about four months before she actually stepped it, into a ring. Uh, probably about a month, but yeah, it felt a like long time. It was a long, long time. And she comes in and she's wearing. I think she's not far off wearing the Mabel coat. Oh yeah, 
You know, the oh big God, Babel coat. Yeah. It's not oh, far off that, is it? No. Oh, Christ. It's not far off that. So now you've said that, <laughs> that's I'm it. not going to be able to leave that idea now. Because basically, at some point, every big person wears the big Mabel coat. Yeah. Just, just oh, no. Have <laughs> ruined the Ajax way. You've ruined... No, that's it now. She's ruined just it. basically the female Mabel. <laughs> but they, I mean, they build the match. Obviously, you know, Bailey's no kind of physical competition for her whatsoever. But they work that into the match quite well about, you know, Bailey's using the hitting and running and yeah. trying to it's, go for submission moves rather than doing power moves and stuff. It's very, very, very difficult to put on a match with this kind of size and power difference mm. and make it seem, you know, A, that Bailey would have a chance what? and B, that it's not just, if she does win, it's not just totally out of the blue and totally yeah. just wrong. Well, isn't it like um, the it would be the Rey Mysterio conundrum? Exactly. Like, yeah. How do you get Rey Mysterio to, to the point where he's can justifiably be the heavyweight champion? Um, well, they didn't <laughs> question because basically, as soon as he won it, they had a whole storyline where he was too small to defend it. Oh, that's a sharp so one. gave him matches against. I, I still remember the episode of SmackDown where Carly essentially killed Rey Mysterio just because he could. You're ruining my point, Captain. The point is, right, okay, so you kind of you kind of build up with guts, don't you? You kind of have him as that kind of gutsy fighting. Yeah, underneath, exactly. Yeah, never which fits down. into Bailey's character so well. Oh, it does. Yeah. So it kind of like what could be like a massive hindrance in this match. I think is the is the thing that kind of works in its favour. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think I'd say it's it's rare to have a smaller, a very small wrestler kind of go against a bigger guy mm. and make it look good. The biggest example I can think of of it working and working really really well would be Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar at mm. C yeah. two thousand and four. Um, when he won the title. What uh, about um, like that match with Undertaker and Jeff Hardy? Oh, what the ladder one on? Yeah, Raw? yeah, that was. Was that the one where Hardy was like completely, like he just kept coming back, didn't he? And kept coming back. Taker kept trying to kill him, and he just kept coming back and coming back. And then they had they had Jeff Hardy on the mic at the end of the match as Taker was walking down the aisle, and then Jeff Hardy's going, "Come back, yeah, back! I'm not done." <laughs> as his broken body just basically is held together by his tights. Yeah, held together by his tights and yeah. Yeah, his prescription. But like I say, it, it is tricky just to kind of get it to work. Yeah, exactly. You've got to either, either have a really, really good small guy or a really, really good big guy to make it work exactly. properly. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Uh, Nia Jax is really, really basic. Um, leg drops, basic. that's what I can remember for this pretty match. Leg drops. Uh, there's the whole thing about getting Nia Jax off her feet. Mm. Oh yeah, I think this is the bit where Bailey goes up to the top rope and starts doing like back elbows off the top rope to try and knock her down. Yeah. And just to show how kind of rough around the edges Nia Jax is, on the third one, I think the general idea was that Nia Jax was supposed to catch her and maybe give her like a bear hug or something like that. Yeah. But in the end, Nia Jax literally just pushes her out of midair <laughs> and just like goes, ugh. Uh, strength. Bailey goes flying. Poor Bailey. Nia Jax then gets like, I've put Nia Jax some more drop for two. Another Samoa drop. <laughs> Another Samoa drop. Another Samoa drop. And then a leg drop for two <laughs> and then a leg drop again leg drop city Bailey's knackered the crowd are fairly digging every kick out in this though yeah they again find that... it's they're, they're loving the baby face aren't they they're, yeah, exactly. they're, they're behind the baby face so I think exactly. that's just this is, it, was, it was it was amazing hmm. uh, there's more of a hey Bailey chant and then Bailey goes to the dragon sleeper and she 
connects with it once, and then Nia Jax is fading, but then ends up throwing her. Um, Nia Jax looks like she's about to recover and go back on the attack until we're back to it again. Bailey yeah. snaps it on again. It's like a, it's either a dragon or a guillotine choke. Um, according um, to the, because uh, I love the, how it's described on the uh, Wikipedia page, it's a guillotine choke. Is it a guillotine choke? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much three times yeah. she applies this move. The third time she fairly stretches that damn thing. And then um, it's it's all over because Nijax eventually taps. Yeah. But uh, not for absolutely ages. So how they put it on the uh, Wikipedia pages, um, another spine buster. But mm-hmm. Bailey again reapplies the guillotine choke forcing Jax to sit down. Yeah, she does. She kind of forces she... her to sit down. Like it, it says that like, like she got pulled out like pulled out like a chair and just kind of like got relaxed. <laughs> what like a Steve Carino style. Yeah, forced her to sit down. <laughs> I'm going to use her chair. Use her chair. Okay, I will. I'm going to sit on it. <laughs> I'm going to sit on it. Thanks. Cuz that's how you use a chair. That's how you use a chair. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she wins. Maybe. Bailey wins. <laughs> Bailey wins, yes. Bailey defends her title. But again, like you say, it's done logically. They kind of work the match through. You go, right, how, they kind of must have gone and thought, right, Bailey's going to win by submission, but how do we work backwards from there? Yeah, exactly. How do and we it works. make it believable that Nia Jax would submit? Yeah. She submits basically because this, this guillotine choke ain't going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's in, cinched in. We'll stay here for like an hour if we need to. Cinched in. No matter how many times she tries to get rid of it, it's going to come back on again. Yeah. Wear it down. The end. Yeah, to wear but it's it down. Good. Again, it's simple wrestling logic, isn't it? The the, the, yeah. the the submission move wears you down until you submit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Simple and easy. And it is a really good match. Probably not one of Bailey's best. Probably not up there with like the Sasha Banks. Well, she's, but she's not working with the boss though, is she? No, she's not working with the boss. And Nijax is still a bit rough around yeah. the edges. Well, she's like uh, the male, uh, the female Baron Corbin right now, isn't she? She's like the big heel. He's going to probably be over at some point and be like a good monster heel, but yeah, just needs to kind of put the parts together to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that'd be, that'd be, yeah. That'd be cool, yeah. Next up is the main event of the evening. Um, with I, Now, I don't know what's going on with Samoa Joe's music. It's, it's, it's different from when he first started, which was a bit weird. The music when he first came in was really weird. Samoa Joe has traveled the world. He has done this for many years, and he has held titles. And his opponent from Huntington Beach, California, weighing 200. Kevin Owens that joined us on commentary during Samoa Joe's NXT debut. Joe called out the NXT champion. I think he's changed since then. I'm sure it's changed. Can I be a bit more? Because like Joe's face when he comes out is like I'm. Um, it's like Asuka's face, but in Samoan form. Oh, Joe's just. Angry. Yeah, he's just an angry man. Well, it's not. He's just a very angry man. He's just, he's as, as, as Cody Graves says in the commentary, it's like going, "Yeah, Finn Balor might summon the demon every once in a while, but Joe is a monster, hundred percent of the time." <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna. Which is fair point. I'm assuming by the time he comes out, there's a Joe's gonna kill you chant. Yep. Yeah. You get a Joe's gonna kill you chant. Yeah. Uh, then we get uh, Finn's really dodgy Jack the Ripper entrance. 
I bet we did. Mm, where, where do we stand on the demon entrance? What, the demon entrance? The usual one? Just like Finn's demon entrance in general. Because they seem, they seem to put it out for every people, don't they? Yeah, well, the, the whole idea is that he brings out the demon. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a bit like when Mick Foley had, you know, character, you know, had Mankind, but then had Cactus Jack. Yeah. Kind of idea. It's a similar, it's the same guy, you know, different get up. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's quite cool. I like it. I mean, um, but do you think, like, they need to, because it seems like every time he gets through a pay he's like, right, now I'm going to bring the demon out, which makes you win. So why not just be the demon all the time? Yeah, there is that element to it. So I think they kind of need to uh, just leave it alone for a little while. Yeah, I suppose. You know, you need to just sort of... I think it, and side. he only really started doing that face paint thing fairly recently before he signed for WWE. Like, because uh, he had that one at Wrestle Kingdom 9, was it 9 or 8 when he came out? It was, it was Venom. Yeah, with Carnage. It was Carnage, red, wasn't it? sorry, yeah, it was red. Yeah, it was yeah. Carnage, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but he has, I think he's done Venom since. But I suppose you know the, the good thing is with the entries, you do get to see what the like the reaction of, the, of his opponent because Joe's just like, do you just hurry up to the ring, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, pretty it's, much. Although it's uh, not as good as um, Kevin Owens at the 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 Japan show, which is the best way he can do it. What to get heel heat? Yeah, when he uh, he stole Byron Saxon's chair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like um, he just cut the strip, sat in a chair, and Byron Saxon stood there being really awkward, just like I don't know what to do. Yeah, I thought you meant also the flowers. Oh, the flowers! The flowers was just genius at the, at the Beast and the show where he just like threw them. Yeah, but uh, do you see him at the end of the match? He kicked him as well, walking down the ramp. Yes, <laughs> I love Kevin Owens. Yeah, but, I know. Are you but, brilliant? But even bullying uh, the staff of their chair during um, Finn's entrance was just a touch of genius. Whereas Joe's just like, I'm just going to wait here till you get here, and then when you're in my arm reach, I'm just going to tear your shoulder off. I think the thing with yeah. Finn's, it, it's blatantly Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And for a, a brand which has done so much, as we already discussed, for women's wrestling in general, i.e., not you know made them proper wrestlers, not just you know former underwear models scrap a bit. Yeah. Are you it's suggesting that having your champion dress up as a known woman killer, as a known killer of women? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit awkward, isn't it? They might have got away with it had the whole because obviously the video package is he what you know there's a figure walking towards the the screen. Yeah, and then you get the, the 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 slash mark across the screen with the blood dripping yeah. and female screaming. If they had not had that bit, it might have got away with it. It might have been alright. It's the hat, though, but isn't it? It's, 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 it's the hat, it's, isn't it? It's the hat and the, the hat. kind of jacket and the kind of thing. And um, but it's more the hat, so, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's more the hat. It's the hat. As soon as someone pointed out on Twitter on the actual night that it looked like um, the spirit of jazz from the Mighty Bush. <laughs> I must have missed that. Did you miss that? I think I did. Everyone was like, going, oh my God. Finn's turned up dressed as Spirit of Jazz. <laughs> Spirit of Jazz! Spirit of Jazz! And between the notes! Your head's on fire. Why didn't you tell me? I thought it was part of your look. <laughs> I play fast and loose, sir. It's the way Howard Moon plays things. And destroy the one thing you love, the one thing you hold dear to yourself. What station, mate? Jazz, you idiot. I'm talking about jazz. I is jazz. I'm going to kill you. You think he can do that? Prepare to die. <laughs> you stop laughing. This isn't funny. <laughs> oh, it is funny, boy. It's very funny. And I'll tell you why. You can't kill me, boy. Why? Because I'm your father. No!
Oh, do you remember in 2006 when the Mate of Bush was funny? Anyway. Oh, I do. I went to one of their live shows. It was really good. So did I. It was, I was in Oxford. It was cracking, it was. I, it was in Carlisle. I bought an Electro Boy t-shirt. <laughs> I think I bought any t-shirts. It was great because at the end they kind of they they brought they started the music and um, they'll fit it in. You can all stand up and dance if you want, and the whole crowd went, "No, you're right, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> and no one stood up at all. It was like that. Nah, sat down, did thanks. You, Chairs are comfy. Did you, did you get the guy humping the trumpet behind the curtain at the start? I think so. I can't yeah. remember. It's so long ago now. Like this is this is the show. Well, it was ten years ago, Phil. Yeah. This, you know, that's um, horrifying. Yeah. This is the well. That was a bit of a diversion, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, the spirit of jazz. You, anyway, the spirit of jazz. Spirit of you, 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 you now have to find the audio from an episode of Mighty Boosh, aren't you? There's it's a spirit. It's a, it's a spirit of jazz versus Samoa Joe. Yeah, the spirit of jazz versus Samoa Joe, who's just angry. Someone <laughs> because he hates jazz. Um, who doesn't like jazz? <laughs> doesn't like jazz at all. <laughs> no. Um, Play the notes in order. Smash. Yep. And uh, we get uh, this is awesome chant before they even got going. Yeah. Because they're just staring each other out. It's kind of annoying that. Uh, it works sometimes. It. It's, it's, just, it's, it's cool and it is awesome. You know, yeah. you, you, uh, that I think is a mean. You've built up a match really, really well if they're chanting, you know, this is awesome before any contact is made. Yeah. It would be my. That's a fair point. I mean, you kind of, you've got the build right there, you? you kind of get to that moment before the match is over, like in a frenzy. Built massively right. Yeah. Do, 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 do. There's a moment where. Um, Finn tries to stomp on the steel steps when Joe's on them, but they move. And it's like, and then, then on commentary, I can't remember who said it, but it's like kind of going, it's like Joe's rejuvenated in the last few months, which I think is a sly roundabout pop at TNA. <laughs> 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 because it's like, yeah, he looks interested in wrestling again. Yeah, I mean, it must be tricky because obviously they're putting him over as like a big monster guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're trying not to mention TNA in any way, shape or form. No, so I they think can't it's... really mention like his matches with Kurt Angle. They no. can they can mention that he has great matches, but you can't. They don't really say about his match with Kurt Angle and you know um, all no. his but CM Punk and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, well, they can't mention CM Punk at Obviously. all. Obviously, so they they kind of they kind of telling you like about this awesome stuff, but they can't really give you any kind of firm examples. No, not really. Kind of similar with AJ Styles, but obviously AJ Styles got the. Bullet Club stuff they can oh they he's can got the Japanese got, stuff to fall back on they can yeah, fall back on that the, the, the TNA stuff's kind of off to one side now isn't it but yeah. Joe's kind of stuck fun. with having that TNA background which is not, not hampering him but not really but it was seven years of his career it's a big exactly, yeah. of his career yeah um, I think the main thing that was, it was really weird once again just briefly touching on TNA again you've had a lot of people sort of leave TNA and then some of them have turned up on NXT. So mm. Mojo being the prime example. Austin Aries now. Uh, Austin Aries now. And you've also had James Storm, who has gone back yeah. to TNA since, but did have a tiny little stint. Do you reckon in, that was uh, just to get a bit of money out of TNA? Um, a little bit of cheeky politicking? Well, I think probably if his contract was up at TNA, he probably would have looked around for options. Yeah. When else, and if, if he was offered a couple of shots at NXT, then why not? Yeah, but then I think he's maybe decided it's just not for him, which is fine. He was apparently told that the idea was to reform beer money in TNA, and you know, let's go with that kind of idea, which is fine. But Dixie Carter has tried to spin this into a really good kind of in a series of tweets going on about how oh it shows that the WWE are taking them seriously as competition now because they're trying to steal the wrestlers. Well, no, they're kind of they're, they're taking people who aren't really being used yeah. very well at TNA and using them properly. 
these people want to leave TNA, Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> they're not really coming in. They're basically coming in in most cases when you haven't given them a contract. Yeah. Or a renewal. And the guys were like, you probably should have put them over and didn't really put them over. Yeah. And now they're being used in like really good ways. I would make a big point that in a parallel universe, this is a TNA show. Yeah. You're probably right. This could be, you know, NXT often reminds me of thinking this could have been what TNA could have become. Yeah. Had they not fannied on and done the whole Russo thing and then got Hogan and Bischoff in for three years. Yeah, I think that if there's one thing that's ruined TNA, it was that period when it just kind of... Yeah, the 2010 to 2013 three-year period where it just it was just completely unsettled the, wherever they were going it just completely just knocked them yeah. well off track so they went from being what could have been one of the best you know the second best company in America to being yeah. the extension of what WCW was yeah because again you've got you know they had they had the Austin Aries they had AJ Styles they had they had a Carter for a while didn't they they had yeah. the Young Bucks didn't use them they had Young Bucks and pissed all over them yeah they had Bad Influence they had Frankie Kazarian and um, uh, Chris Daniels yeah all these people uh, have kind of come through, the, come through the doors and they just not use them right and they've yeah. gone elsewhere and done made them done well, money. They had Chris Sabin, they had Alex Shelley, um, they had some really, really talented wrestlers and they did fuck all with them yeah. the time and it's done them immense damage in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. Joe uh, punches in the corner, then a spinning kick in the corner. Yeah, he's a big dude who can move, isn't he? Yeah, he's Joe's always had that kind of sprightly, going to spring up all over the place kind of yeah. idea, even though he is a big, big fella. Because really, you, you look at it, it should this should be a squash match with Joe just snapping, beat, uh, Finn in two. But they both work their strengths, don't they? They both make it seem like an even match, which is both to their credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's really, really good. Joe gets a powerbomb in for two. Then he goes into a kind of Boston Crab effort, which then he instantly goes into a crossface. Yeah. He literally just... Let's go, bang. It's another submission move. And it looks really good. Joe goes to the top rope and waits too long and then there's the Pele kick to uh, Joe's face. Mm-hmm. That always looks nasty, that does. Because he always kind of connects with a good snap to it. <laughs> it does. It has a nice little crack to it. Then there's a Finn Swanton over the top and this causes an NXT chant. Because that's where we are. Oh, yes. There's a coup de gras to the back of. I'm often a bit against getting back to that. I'm often a bit against people chanting the name of the company. Is that because the ECW chant was so annoying? Yeah, if you, if, I mean, yeah, ECW is kind of starts. They do it a bit in ICW as well. Yeah, because we get the IC dub, IC dub chants. Yeah, but in the same style as ECW. Uh, but if you like a wrestler and you've just jumped over the ropes to the arena floor to kind of smash someone in the face and you've risked you know life and limb to do it, it's a good spot. Why aren't they chanting your name? Yeah. That kind of makes sense. You wanted to be chatting something yeah. to do with them as Don't opposed to the name of the company. The company's name. Yeah. Anyway, there's a Kujita Clutch. I can't pronounce it. Kujita Clutch? No, that's probably horribly mispronounced. I can't. Kukina Clutch. That's probably the one, yeah. Joe kind of hulks up a bit at this point. Um, Finn with another corner drop kick. And then Finn gets up. Joe chops him down. Nearly gets a muscle buster. They kind of go for this superplex kind of effort. Yeah. Uh, Finn chops Joe down. Joe lands. There's a coup de gras for the three. 
and that's it. It's all. I've got a very, very kind of brief run through of the entire match. It obviously went on a lot longer than that, um, but it is really good. Yeah, uh, eighty minutes longest match of the uh, card. Is the longest match? Well, it should be the main event, but um, no, it was, it was really good. I really quite enjoyed that. Yeah, because their chemistry together. I mean, I'm not sure how much they. I think probably at Ring of Honor must have had some matches, or maybe um, on a few other independents. But they got a good chemistry going for haven't they? So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they must have. I don't know. No, they probably wouldn't have crossed paths beforehand, would they? I'm not really sure when it would have been. Uh, like I say, maybe at some Ring of Honor shows, maybe at some shows in the UK, maybe? Maybe. Because Joe probably would have still been able to take independent bookings, even though he's in TNA. Yeah. Because they don't tend to have as dominating kind of contracts as WWE guys do. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite cool. Um, Joe seems to be indicating to the medical crew at the end of this... I'm uh, sorry. Finn seems to be indicating to the medical crew at the end of this match that he got rocked somehow because he seems to... He's basically putting his finger to his head and doing a circular motion. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what... Yeah, I don't know what, at what point... It was a bit be. weird because they kind of... Like, they, they, they go back... They kind of try to do something in the ring and then they kind of don't because he's in the and then they do something in the ring. Yeah. It's a bit weird at the end, isn't it? Yeah, it does look a little bit like um, he's... Knocked a bit silly. Like he's forgot how the match is supposed to be finishing. Yeah, it's just like kind of going, he just kind of, you know, he's got that kind of faraway look in his eyes. Yeah. But it's a cracking match and it's a good top end to the uh, rest of the card. Yeah, exactly. It's a good top. It's 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 only what? How many matches is that? Five or six? Five matches, I think. Five matches. And it feels like a really nice, complete two hours. Yeah. You know, like, there's you no fat in there, is there? It's all just no, there's no fat at all. There's no. This is what I mean when I was talking about the top. There's no kind of like, oh, let's have this section just for comedy. Yeah. No, just get another match in. You know, mm. just get on with it and just don't fanny around. Only do like backstage segments if they're going to advance matches that are coming up. Yeah. Just don't do this Clark with any of this nonsense we're trying to sell too much around the product as opposed to just the actual product itself exactly. you're trying yeah. to sell other elements of the product and you're trying to sell another program down the line and do this and do that i think nxt has found if nxt was on sort of normal in inverted commas television and not just on an on-demand network yeah but it's on hulu probably, in america isn't it or something it's not on anything else other than the network and hulu, yeah, i think i don't think no it's not on like a tv station or anything like that no well, you'd probably still generally, if it was on a TV station, you'd ha- you'd still have that whole thing about, oh, well, we need to sell this, we need to shill this, and it would just become another part of the empire. Yeah. Whereas because it's like the WWE Network's main drive, you know, as far as wrestling programming goes, you yeah, know, it's off want- to one side, isn't it? It is kind of thing yeah. protected by Triple H and trying to make it its own exactly. Thing. Exactly. But it's like, it- didn't like Vince Man the first time he showed up was at the Brooklyn one or something? Or when they did the pre-WrestleMania show, like you turn up then to see them, it's like, oh, he hasn't really kind of watched it that much because he's kind of focused on Raw so much. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, apparently Triple H has a whole story that apparently Vince is yet to visit the Performance Center. <laughs> which I find really weird. Because it's, it's, cause it's... That's not what Vince... It's nothing to do with Vince, you know what I mean? It's no. like... it's He didn't do it, so therefore it's not his concern. He's got to worry about getting Braun Strowman over. Yeah, exactly. Vince seems to have this whole thing. He always comes across as wrestling's this archaic thing he doesn't really like doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, I think the biggest giveaway was about a year ago on the Stone Cold podcast where Vince was on that. And then they had the whole question of, is it pro wrestling or is it sports yeah. entertainment? And 
Vince kind of scoffed and went, Steve, pro wrestling something my dad did. Yeah. And you're like, ooh. Oh, here we go. Oof. Oh. There's like a real peek behind the curtain. There's a there's a peek in the mindset. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. Um, but obviously, Triple H has kind of the flip side of that. He's because he's been a wrestler. Because let's face it, Vince was never a wrestler. Yeah, because he's been a wrestler uh, as Triple H. He kind of has more of an idea of what you know constitutes a decent wrestling show. What works? What works as far as an in-ring product goes? Yeah, and not just all the sort of like padding and bells and whistles that they like to jam in around it. Yeah, I think it helps as well. They kind of they built themselves, you know, with Regal and all the other people. They've got scouting. They've built up such a good, diverse roster. Exactly. I think the, the secret weapon there is um, Prince Albert as the, uh, the head coach now, because obviously he's got he was in New, New Japan for what two, three years. Mm, yeah, a good giant two, Bernard. three years. Yeah, it's giant Bernard. You know, and he was you know he was really good friends with Finn. You know, he's friends with Nakamura. You know, all that. Uh, yeah, Kenta as well. You know, he's still injured, but he's ah uh, yeah, the old in at some point. But I think he's kind of he's kind of given that kind of little hook into Japan, which has kind of helped out their um, credibility. With yeah, the, with the smarts because everybody loves Japanese wrestling. So having those people coming over, you know, exactly, just but works for the fans so well, doesn't it? That's what I mean. But if you come into um, NXT as a Japanese wrestler, you're treated as a good wrestler. Yeah, you're not just treated as you know, oh. He's Japanese, so we need to have him coming down with geishas. Yeah, we'll have him coming down to me with a little, little tiny Japanese flag. With a little Japanese flag, and you know, and then the words Pearl Harbor will be mentioned within <laughs> five seconds. On well, we haven't got Bobby Heen anymore, have we? That's the thing. No, I know, I know. We go back but, to that Japanese women match. We're like, they talk about, oh, I would like to come home to those, make him a dinner. Exactly. It's all yeah. different now, it's weird. It's just yeah. really weird. Yeah, so... um the next WrestleMania, we've got the uh, NXT's coming back again at WrestleMania. They did it last year, did they? But it was just for the local crowds. Yeah. Like a little little thing with yep. the uh, fans there. But this is going to be, again, another TakeOver show. Yes, this is TakeOver Dallas. Which uh, I think the card's mostly out on the... Uh, yeah, there's six matches. You've got Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. Boo him, etc. Which, yeah, boo him. Uh, which, again, is, you know, a nice... I think it's good that we've got, you know, the talent from... You know, a, a nice free agent talent was in Austin Aries. Yeah, you got the revival, uh, Dawson and Dash Wilder uh, against American Alpha for the tag team championship. Chad Gable, man. Chad oh yes. Gable. Oh yes. Uh, Apollo Cruz continues his mission of wrestling people that were just kind of plucked out of nowhere. <laughs> Elias, Elias Sampson. He's the dude He's, playing the guitar, isn't he? He is the dude playing the guitar. Not yeah. quite sure about that. Yeah. You've got um, some guy they've just brought over on the off chance Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> against uh, Sami Zayn <laughs> should be should be utterly incredible should be the match of the weekend surely oh I don't know um because you've got Bailey versus Asuka oh, as well for the women's match there's a match is, I that's an intriguing one because that's like two faces yeah um and then you've got uh Finn versus Samojo again Vince. I get the funny feeling that that'll be the night that Finn drops it. Or would that be the night that Doc and Machine Gun turn up and join Baylor Club? Ooh, now there's a good one. Finn Baylor heel turn. Ah, uh, no, I don't want him to be a heel. <laughs> no, I couldn't see him being a heel. Well, I suppose that ruins Finn Baylor Club, doesn't it, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. We can't lose Finn Baylor Club. 
No, you can't lose Finn Bailey Club. No, that's insane. That's just, what, what kind of world would we be living in? What kind of world would we live in? That just wouldn't be worth it anymore. Exactly. Um, Cancel my no, subscription I, I genuinely there. reckon that Finn's due a call-up. I, I think that depends on injuries because... Well, I suppose they've got Nakamura down there now. If they bring Kentil should be coming back at some point. Kenta can, yeah, I um, Kenta comes back. Yeah. So what you'd have Joe as a heel, as a heel champ, defending against Sami Zayn. Yeah, why not? That works for me. Yeah. With Nakamura just going around beating people up because Nakamura, I'd what stick Nakamura in with Corbin. Yeah, just to teach him some manners. Yeah, pretty much. Just yeah. so we can get a fucking knee to the face. <laughs> um, a lot of the time. That would be yeah. cool. But the intriguing thing is, though, here's us talking about the NXT Dallas show, because this car has pretty much been locked down. Yeah. Okay, they haven't announced the matches as far as television goes yet, uh, some of them. Um, but we're looking at this car now going, wow, that's exciting. Consider, like, the next night, WrestleMania. Well, Shane and Mac's back. Yep. And Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose. That should be good because, you know, Dean's good. That should be good, yeah, yeah, yeah. But apart from that, that's about it. It's a big stadium to fill, isn't that's it? With a that big 100,000-seater stadium to fill. Yep. With... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they will because, let's face it, it's WrestleMania. Yeah, they're gonna, kind of it's going to draw 100,000 people or whatever. But... They'll probably will, yeah, but I just don't... Think it's going to be. I'm far more excited looking at this NXT card. Yeah. Than I ever am about WrestleMania. I agree with that. I don't really want to see bloody Roman Reigns and Triple H again. No, I just want to I see. Genuinely don't. I just want to see Nakamura. So I've listened to um, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was. One of the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcasts, and one of the guys from one of the wrestling websites. But obviously, before the McMahon match was announced, he speculated they should bring in Nakamura to be the Undertaker match. What, Nakamura Taker? Yeah. Mm, difficult to pick a winner out of that, though. That's He's the problem with yeah. Undertaker matches at the moment. It's difficult to... My whole... Well, well, I don't really want to be talking about anything sort of that's not the NXT stuff on this, this version of the podcast, but just quickly, I don't get the Shane McMahon storyline. It's daft, but I do appreciate uh, Shane McMahon because I like Shane McMahon. Well, I don't get how... Right. Why has he come back? Why would Vince put up um, the control of Raw in a match? Just, just you, you know what your problem is, Cameron? I'll tell you what your problem what? is straight away. You're applying logic to it. I'm applying logic to... That's your problem. That's your problem. I know. I know. There, there is no logic when it comes to the main roster. It's just whatever they need to do to get ratings and or crowd into the next show. Yeah, and they're only thinking like three weeks ahead. Yes, whereas and they're just doing that way. NXT thinks a bit longer ahead, but never mind. NXT is a little bit more long term. Yeah. But this way, if 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 it's Triple H is going to take over the entire show after Vince either retires or dies, yeah, <coughs> probably both at the same time. At the same time, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, if it produces stuff like this, then yeah, I'm sold. Sold. I'm quite glad we've done our, our short little fill-in podcast that's taking two hours to say that NXT is really good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We've not really said anything revolutionary. NXT is no. the good, NXT's, by the way. NXT is cracking. We really like NXT. It's just cracking. 
It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there's me thinking. I was telling Claire, like, oh, I'll be really short one. We'll probably be done by 10. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> now, <laughs> quarter past 11. To the exact thing to my wife who just walked in from her work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. But no, that's been a little, it's been a little filler. Just a little thing to occupy the time. Yes. Just to, to uh, yeah. Get something to get wrapped around your lug holes. Before we uh, assault you with Halloween Havoc 1996. Halloween Havoc 1996, uh, Halloween Havoc. There's next that's yeah, that, that's so, when we find out what wrestling is. No, oh yeah, that's that's yeah, that's wrestling. You want logical you things want, set up. You want WCW in the mid nineties. That's what you want. WCW in the mid nineties doesn't oh, get yes. any better. Doesn't get any better. Nope. Going to be grand. Anyway, it's not going to be grand at all. No, not really. When I say it's grand, it's not going to be shite. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, we look forward to that show. We do. Yeah, we do look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, look forward to more of these whenever we've got any kind of gaps to fill. Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind doing these. These yeah. are quite cool. I like doing the little mini ones. Yeah. Well, I've seen mini, as I say. It's the been same length as a normal podcast. Well, same length as a normal one. You've got to take the to edit this is. Yeah, pretty much. Thanks, Cameron. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for that. All right. But if you want to have any more thoughts, uh, whack in some thoughts on the, feed, on the Facebook group. Yes, there's a Facebook group. Just search for Conquistadors, and we now have a Twitter account. Yeah, after at much. the Conquistadors at Conquistadors at Conquistadors. Thank you. I, I don't think there's a the in it. I will just double check that though. I forgot because I set it up and I completely forgot what it was. What Did it you forget meant. whether it was? Um, well, I haven't really used it that much yet. We'll start using it with this show. I think. Need to really start using it. It's yeah. Uh, yeah it's just at Conquistadors. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Just Let's do that. Check. Thought I'd better check that minute little detail before we start plugging it, you know? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Cameron. That's okay, it's no problem, Hal. I'm here to keep you right. It's all good. Cool. So follow that, watch Halloween Havoc, and then uh, we'll be back for a full show soon. Very soon. Ish. Ish, kind of. Enjoy this one in the meantime. Yes. Bye then. Bye. That went all right. Yeah. Um, before we go on, Phil, have you, have you been recording this from the start? Yeah. That's okay then, because I've just realised I had to re- start my immortal recorder. I thought it had gone automatically, but it hadn't, so I didn't get the start. I've, of got, the I've got the stop sign on there, so it's definitely going. Good, that's okay. Then. How dare you panic me like that? <laughs> that's okay, that's fine, good yeah. stuff. Yes, I've got mine here. It's been recording for just the last nine minutes. I thought I'd just double check. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, it's not recording. Oh no. <laughs> we, just, we spent 20 minutes, you know, fucking half an hour talking about the first oh, match. Uh, anyway, right. So...